Get fired up for another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. With filthy mouths and bad attitudes. Featuring Chris. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Also featuring Parker. Yes, there's no two ways about it. He's super white. And our special guest, Alex. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. Entire production supervised by Bigfoot. Now, let's join the boys for their latest episode. We watched Deadstream, a movie where the main character says, I'm really good at checking closets. Hey guys, watch Deadstream. Don't listen. Go watch Deadstream yeah, first. You, please, That's real please good. watch Deadstream. It's really good. Uh, we will have spoilers. There's a little nugget for you. A dude gets waterboarded with his own piss. Yeah. It's real good. Yeah. See you in a couple hours. <laughs> uh, I'm going to cut that for spoilers. Nah, I'm probably going to leave it. <laughs> Absolutely yeah, not. not. <laughs> uh, yeah, this movie is definitely worth watching. This is the best uh, live streamer video I've seen since uh, Spree. It is also the second live streamer movie <laughs> I've seen after say. Spree. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but it, I, this is one of the best uh, found footage movies I've ever seen, which kind of damn me with faint praise. But uh, yeah, this one's really good. It's really better than uh, Hell House LLC. All right. Sorry. Well, well, we've uh, ruined the movie. I, I mean, flip this I table. agree, but also, <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, Before we get into this, Parker, do we have any news? I mean, it's not really news as much as a question I'm posing to you, which is. So we're watching Megan opening weekend, right, you guys, in January? Oh, yeah. I, that trailer. Is that not already? I, have, I, I thought I said something about that when I got that I trailer. I have not seen the Megan trailer yet. Okay. Oh, buddy. So uh, go ahead and put Our in some James Wan is back. <laughs> uh, co-written by uh, the writer of Malignant, your favorite movie from last year, about a killer doll. <laughs> it looks out of this world dog shit stupid i cannot wait okay, i physically right. cannot wait that's for what it. i was looking for you know is that just... this month or oh it's that's a january release yeah that but... looks like a january release <laughs> oh, yes sir yeah. i cannot wait that's even better yeah. it's gonna be so good all right all right well if that's what we have to look forward to uh let's clear things up with some jerks of the week oh fuck i can't believe you've done this my jerks of the week are the entire Ravens front office. Why won't they get Lamar any help? <laughs> <laughs> I I legit have to unfollow him, dude. It's too much. He wouldn't shut the fuck up. It's I, I would be fine if he wasn't wrong. It's it's That's, just it's constant, man. I fucking I, I I I respect somebody being really really mad about something nobody else cares about, but you got to be correct about that shit, yeah, man. It's, like you just you can't you can't he, be off. And he's so steadfast about it i'm sorry it's just also i don't care uh, that's that's my biggest thing. i mean that uh, <laughs> he could be complaining about correct, anime but... for all I, he could be talking about fucking naruto or, or something that I, I wouldn't understand what he's talking about i haven't watched any of the fucking games besides this fucking <laughs> the patriots game anyway yeah that's my jerks of the week and i guess uh sleepy joseph robinette biden for uh instituting the the student loan forgiveness program after i paid off my student loans thanks dude eat shit yeah. <laughs> 20 grand right in the bank buddy go fuck uh, yourself put it to the new studio who are your jerks of the week uh my jerk of the week is a friend of the program tom brady for uh <laughs> having me pick him first overall before i knew he was gonna blow off the fucking walkthrough to go to bob Kraft's wedding <laughs> fuck yourself buddy never again 
uh, my jerk of the week is a. Uh, he will come up later, but a uh, friend of the show and writer slash director of Halloween Ends and the whole new Halloween trilogy. Alex just throwing that at you that their next project is an Exorcist trilogy. Oh, good. It oh. just keeps happening. So keep that in mind as we eventually talk about Halloween Ends later this episode for hour. We'll see. Uh, Anything's possible. Generous. We don't have anything. <laughs> we don't have enough Exorcism movies. I've always said that. <laughs> well, we don't have enough slashers either, and guess who didn't add one this time? <laughs> well, we'll get to that. I'll well, tell you what, we we will have a new uh, exorcism movie when we do the Lady Exorcist movie. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah, that's gonna be such dog shit. I'm there. <laughs> okay, uh, let's talk about what we watched recently. I've got so many, and almost all of these are worth talking about. So. Uh, this is going to be fun, I hope. So buckle up is yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. That, that makes three of but us, the good right? News, yes, sir. The good news is I think I can keep a lot of these short. Uh, well, that makes yeah. one of us, in the, right? In my list of uh, you know the horror movies, I finally got to the late 80s, which is uh, oh it's definitely a more fun sort of thing because this is the, the movies kind of look a little bit better. They're a li- little bit more uh, fun to follow. You don't fall asleep during them like the previous decade. Uh, they're not all good, though. One of them that I watched is Lady in White from 1988. Lady in White, it kind of reminded me of uh, Something Wicked This Way Comes, in which right off the bat, when you hear the music, you're like, oh, this is for kids. But Something Wicked This Way Comes was written by Ray Bradbury. Lady in White was written by a Canadian guy I've never heard of. And uh, I would also say this is probably not for kids, because uh, they say the gamer word. Oh, yeah. oh wait, hang on one second. They say the gamer word. I'm listening. Twice. With a hard R and everything. So, at least two stars, yeah, right? It's, yes. So it's on two lists. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> it uh, it's not very good. It's also way too long. Like, a movie like this shouldn't be over an hour 30, but this one's like an hour 50. It was like, come on. It's just stupid. And it's just lame and boring and dull. And it's based on, I guess some sort of urban legend or something like that it was like the, the the special effects are really bad too so the budget was probably not very high which is probably the same that you could say for night of the demons which is oh, one of the most embarrassing fucking movies i've ever seen night of the demons it kind of reminds me what was that stupid movie i watched last week it was a uh, rock and roll nightmare Night of the Demons is kind of like that. Wouldn't have gotten that with 30 guesses. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're not a real fan of the genre. Like I am. Anyway, Night of the Demons Correct. fucking blows. That It's another one that's like, a bunch of stupid shitty teenagers go to a haunted house for a party and to fuck each other's pussies. And uh, Gross. then demons invade their bodies and uh, some really bad makeup and special effects and kills and stuff like that. It's just not very entertaining. A lot of breasts in this movie. Oh my goodness. I, I'm going to give it up to Parker, who had the best review of it. It's like, this isn't really a movie so much as something that you could rent from Blockbuster and jack off to back in the 80s before real porn was invented. So, And that serves a purpose. That's important. But you know, th- like, you know, some people need that. I mean, people have to get their nut off. Yeah. Otherwise, they'll go insane and they'll kill everyone. I guess. You know, if you were a real fan of the genre, you'd know how important titties were to yeah. horror. Well, Night of the Demons, uh, it sucks ass. I do not like it, Sam. I am. And now for a movie that Alex did not assign me, but he said it was in my future, and boy was he right, partially because it's on the list, but also because uh, I've known too much about this movie for it to escape my viewing. 
So, oh fuck! I know this, what this is, is something called Vampire's Kiss. Yeah, buddy. dude, I <laughs> I had to put myself in a straitjacket, lock all my doors, throw away the key just to prevent myself from leaving the apartment to to prevent myself from doing that voice in front of another human being in in person. You know, I I just because that voice is <laughs> fucking in my head the entire time I, for like like four days after I watched it, I kept thinking the way that he speaks. <laughs> it was driving me nuts. <laughs> You know, like you know, like when somebody gets you know like real artsy fartsy and talking about movies, and they're like, the thing that viewers want more than anything is when they go to the theater to see something they've never seen before. Well, <laughs> that fucking movie, <laughs> Vampire's Kiss, is. I mean, this is. It's, I think it's one of the ones that people usually put as a classic Nick Cage movie in the sense of, wow, he really acts really nutty and stuff. And it's like, yeah, he does. Is it a good performance? I don't know. I guess I, I liked it a lot more than leaving Las Vegas. Leaving Las Vegas is the most depressing fucking thing I've ever seen. This, I, dude, I was cracking up the entire time. This is so fucking funny. I not just his voice, but like the effects and everything. Just the plot, the way that it progresses is very. Parker, have you seen Vampire's Kiss? No, I just assumed it'd be an episode, so I've just kept it on the back. This burner. probably could and should be an episode. Uh, I'd like to shout out yeah, oh yeah. the other Alex who was <laughs> furious with me for watching it without her. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, it's one of her favorite movies, and I can see why. Yeah, that <laughs> I, makes sense. I can definitely see why. <laughs> what? A oh, jeez, I I really had such a good fucking time with this one, and people are like, "Oh yeah," it led to all those memes and stuff like that. I was like. Yeah, the people the people knew, you know. They they definitely knew. <laughs> it's fucking great, dude. <laughs> uh, what else did I watch? Uh, I watched a, or I guess it was a rewatch because I used to watch this all the time. I used to rent this from John's Video all the time. I used to love the movie Who Framed Roger Rabbit, and uh, I said, "Let's check it out, see if it holds up." Wait, is this on the list? No, I just felt like rewatching. Uh, Who Framed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was in there, play. You know what? There is a scary moment. The climax is pretty scary. Judge Doom, when he, when he screams like that, it's kind of scary. Anyway, uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit holds up marvelously. This is one of... Uh, I, I kind of feel like almost the same way that Alex feels about Avatar is the way that I feel about this, except I think this one's worth finishing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the technology in here is like, you know, you can laugh at it like, oh, Roberts and Mechas, you know, whatever. This is a Mechas cube, but... God damn, he was a really good director. He was always on the forefront of technology. That being said, it's kind of like the Avatar thing in which Avatar is like, yeah, the rise of 3D movies, and what'd that get us? How to Train Your Dragon in 3D? whoop de doo Whereas, what did this movie lead to? Space Jam. Great. Uh, this movie really does look fantastic, and uh, as I've always said, if I can see the effort that people put into it, then I'm going to be a lot kinder to it. And a great example of this is uh, the words, Bump the Lamp became really big in the Disney studios because there's a certain moment in which uh, Roger Rabbit is going kind of nuts and he bumps an overhead lamp that swings back and forth and every single time it swung back and forth they had to edit the shadows frame by frame it was so much extra work and it makes the movie look so much better and it was a little emphasis of really putting the effort to making sure that it looks good look Roger Rabbit is it's almost perfect I think if the main character wasn't so irritating then uh It'd, it'd probably be one of the greatest animated movies of all time. Uh, unfortunately, his voice is just so annoying. Uh, 
I, I still think the jokes are really funny. Uh, even that opening short uh, is really good. It kind of reminds me of, like, it really does a perfect marriage of, like, Looney Tunes and Disney. And yet the opening is more of a Tom and Jerry sort of thing that they're doing. I, and uh, I, I don't know. I, I guess I just really like it. I think all the performances are great. Bob Hoskins is good. And I, one of the things that makes me nostalgic for it is that it's doing this sort of film noir thing, which I think was big in the 90s. They were trying to do a noir uh, a noir revival with uh, this and um, Dick Tracy, I guess. But uh, yeah, I, I love Roger Rabbit. Future episode. I don't, uh, Dick Tracy's long, dude. That's like an hour 50. So. Y'all heard him say it. <laughs> Isolated. Yeah. Yep. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, Roger Rabbit holds up. Uh, it's worth your time. Uh, what else did I watch? Oh, I, I started watching Star Trek The Next Generation, which I had never seen before. And it's pretty good. Uh, I think I prefer the original series a little bit more because they would actually have... Uh, disputes on the bridge and the new the new series they didn't want to do that apparently gene roddenberry is like no they've moved beyond fighting in the future i'm like what the fuck is this? it's one of the dumbest things <laughs> yeah i heard. hate conflicts <laughs> in my stories personally <laughs> yeah uh yeah uh question uh yeah does anybody lay on the bridge <laughs> <laughs> not yet <laughs> uh <laughs> Love jokes for cookies are made for her, Captain. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I I had to explain that reference to my wife earlier oh, because somebody told her about Jason Sudeikis <laughs> laying in front of Olivia Wilde's car. I heard he laid under the car, dude. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, TNG. Um, it's actually pretty good. Uh, the performances are actually really good. I was surprised. Uh, I've heard a lot about this Data character, and people are like, "Oh, he's the meme character from the show. I guess he's a replacement for Spock in a way." Look, Brent Spiner does a really good job. I, I was impressed. Uh, certainly better than he was in Master of Disguise. But, uh, yeah, he's actually good on that show. Uh, Will Wheaton is okay, uh, even though he doesn't like me very much, I guess. Uh, who else is good on It's that? mutual. Yeah, Don't worry. I, yeah, correct. Uh, Marina Sirtis <laughs> is uh, heavenly as Troy. Apparently, the reason they put Troy there, Troy is like, I guess she's like the opposite of Spock. She's like really in touch with emotions. She can like sense emotions. Apparently, they put her in there to like explain emotions to the autistic fans, of which there are many. So uh, that's just a rumor, but I really believe it. <laughs> I sense that Gary's in danger. <laughs> <laughs> that here come that Gary. <laughs> Why wouldn't I help the turtle? I don't understand. No, that's okay. Uh, what, what else is in there? Um, no, it's, it's pretty good. Uh, I like Picard. Uh, I, I will say that uh, a lot of people say the first season is as good because that was mostly Gene Roddenberry using uh, old scripts that was supposed to be for a Star Trek TOS revival that never got made. And you can tell because the costumes look really stupid. Uh yeah, go ahead, Parker. You have a question. Uh, so I'm looking up uh, Troy on here. It says she's a uh, half-human, half-betazoid. Can you explain <laughs> what the fuck that is? I forgot to mention. I, I, I almost wrote that down as a joke. I was like, I kept forgetting what B-word they used to say that she was half of. I thought, that she, I thought they were saying she was half-human, half-Bulgarian. So if you had told me that so, betazoid so, so the, was The betazoid race. can't possibly be her dad, right? <laughs> Wait, how tall is she? Pretty short. Now that 
like I just read that word for the first time in my life, and I can feel my brain chemistry changing. <laughs> this is diabolical. Well, the thing is, the beta zoid it can merge with the triceratops, and that forms the legs. Actually, the... It doesn't merge with anything. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, so here is a point of controversy. A lot of people know. Uh, What's the guy's name? The Riker. Riker on the show. Everyone knows him as the guy with the beard from Star Trek. Well, in the first season, he's clean shaven. And I looked at him, and the first time he came on screen was like the first time that I saw Jimmy Garoppolo with a shirt off. I was like, huh. I was like, this better not awaken something within me. And uh, I told Parker and the other Alex, and I was like, he looks dead handsome. He should wear a veil or a burqa or something to hide his handsomeness. And they were just like, uh, nah-uh, he, he looks better with a beard. I was like, what? Come on. And, look, he looks good with the beard, too. I mean, you know, he's a Hollywood actor, but I think he looks way better clean-shaven. I posed this question to a co-worker, and she said, oh, no, he's definitely handsome without the beard. But she's also gay, so I don't know if I... Same. Same. <laughs> well, look, this is all just a personal matter for me, if... If, if hiding this triple chin goes out of style, then I am I'm DOA. So. <laughs> Definitely fair. Uh, but yeah, it's it's pretty good so far. I don't really have any personal desire to watch the movies that are not on any list that I can see. So that's really... And they're all ass. Uh, also, yeah, well, tell you what, speaking of ass, let's move on to the next one yeah. here. Ooh, Phantasm 2. Uh, oh, buddy. It's on the list. <laughs> it, it only gets worse from there. Yeah, it's interesting. I liked it better than the first Phantasm movie. Uh, I think same. Yeah, well, the first Phantasm movie is just more boring than anything else. Uh, the second Phantasm movie is is much better in that it's only bad. You know, uh, they they do have some decent kills, I guess. That stupid little ball that goes all over the place. Um, I, I like the ending, I guess. I don't know. I don't know why they turned this into a series. Besides the fact that horror fans will watch anything, but uh, evidently so will I. So no room to complain. Oh, <laughs> hey, next one here. This is called Paper House. Uh, Paper House. I bet Parker hasn't heard of this one. Paper House. Nah, sounds like a book. I'm out. Well, Paper House is less of a horror, more of a psychological fantasy. I'm so, out. Oh. And it's also British. And it's over an, oh, and it's over an hour 40. And uh, it's also about kids. So Bingo. Bingo. Oh, double bingo. <laughs> so, the devil's bingo. <laughs> actually, I actually didn't mind this one so much. I thought this one was kind of interesting. So the basic idea is you have this little girl who... By, remember what Alex said for last week's episode about how that kid in Universal Soldier Day of Reckoning was the most androgynous character he'd ever seen? This one will give you a run for your money. Like, there's a scene in which she's wearing... She's putting on, like, lipstick and makeup, even though she's, like way too young to be putting it on and even then i was just like uh, mm, i don't know can't tell like she she could be wearing a dress and i'd be like mm, uh. but anyway uh so she i don't know she's playing hooky from school or something or whatever the british equivalent of hooky is uh alex you can raise your hand when you think of a british equivalent for hooky and uh, uh tiddlywinks I think I, I think they just say truant or something, but uh, we'll go with tiddlywinks. And uh, well, he's claggy no, today. I th I th yeah, I think tiddlywinks is a sex crime over in Britain. I don't think they have oh, those right, in Britain. Yeah, I, guess, I guess it's just legal there. Anyway, uh, so she I don't know what she's doing. she's just being really obnoxious. I think that's the biggest problem with this movie. It's much like Roger Rabbit. I didn't like the main character. She was really intolerable. Is a word that they use a lot. Anyway, she. I don't know how she does this, but uh, she 
goes inside her own dreamscape and finds a house and there's a boy in the upper window and then she passes out she goes home and she's down with the flu so she doesn't have to go to school for a week big deal and she passes the time by drawing and her drawings are very crude uh but she draws a house that she saw and she has a little bit more detail in it and then she goes to her dream and there's that detail again and she's like wow i can add to this house in this in this world by drawing in it now, the interesting thing is she's very bad at drawing, so I think that that's a good limitation on what they do. I, I kind of like that. Uh, and she meets a boy in there, but there's a, there's a boy who's extremely similar in the real world. And the movie does a great job at kind of blurring the lines between whether her dream is real or all just in her head. And uh, I kind of like that. So I kind of get more vibes of like, this is not a very good movie, but like James and the Giant Peach... And uh, as to whether as to why it's on the horror list, oh, I can see why. Because like the middle of the movie is one of the scarier moments of all the movies I've seen. Like some shadow version of her father comes in, and is like he's gonna kill her. What's up? We have a question. You know, when I was just hatching from my seat, I thought I was gonna be a regular sized peach. <laughs> well, <laughs> you couldn't keep that one to yourself <laughs> absolutely not uh, considering cutting that anyway uh, <laughs> absolutely not anyway um, what happens then gotta love the high fives <laughs> it makes me so happy just knowing like this could be a real question or the dumbest fucking thing I've ever heard <laughs> uh, anyway uh, the movie ends it's actually, I don't know, it's alright. So, uh, it's not going to scare anyone, uh, except maybe, like, kids who are going to watch it, but, I don't know, it's whatever. Uh, oh, boy, the next one. <laughs> hey, Alex, remember when we went to What's the up, movie buddy? theater and I told you about one of the movies on the list? Oh, God, that you actually watched that? Dude, I'm, oh, boy, this is going to take me a while to oh, talk God about. Damn okay? it, oh, this is going to take me some time. Oh, all right, fine. I'm taking my hands away from the mouse. I can't, is... I can't raise my hand very any part of this. Oh, you're going to want to. This is called Men Behind the Sun. Uh, a movie about, I didn't mean to rhyme here, Unit 731. Parker, are you familiar with Unit 731? <laughs> Not the Gundams. Not the Gundams. Oh. <laughs> uh, also, yes, and I've chosen to not watch movies based on said unit. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, you watch a lot of movies with units in them. What's up? You have a question, Parker. <laughs> the unit is in my pants. <laughs> <laughs> we shouldn't be making jokes say. about this. We shouldn't be doing this. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, how else do you want to get through this? Do you just want to... Hey, we watched this fun movie about a streamer in a haunted house. <laughs> so anyways, the worst crimes against humanity you've ever heard of. Yeah, that's... Okay, keep that in mind. These are some of the worst crimes against humanity you've ever heard of. So, Unit 731, if people don't know about it, look it up, but don't read too much unless you got a bucket nearby. I'll make you puke. Uh, this is a... Oh, like the rich people. Yeah, the Unit 731 was an evil <laughs> I got experiment. That yeah. This evil... Oh, I'm sorry. sorry. Oh, God, yeah. You should have left. Anyway, uh, it's one of those evil experimentation science lab torture camps that the Japanese had, and they experimented on the Chinese. This movie is made by the Chinese, which lets you know that they're going to treat it with some real dignity and respect. Uh I don't know if you guys have ever heard of a movie called Rise and Fall of Idi Amin, but like it's based on the like the stories of Idi Amin, the dictator of Uganda, you know, the guy from uh, uh, Last King of Scotland. 
and it's filmed like a grindhouse movie it's like he's like actually eating people and it looks really stupid and it just kind of demeans the whole thing uh are you trying to distract me with that hang on I'm distracting oh, myself, okay. actually. I forgot I was on okay. camera. <laughs> <laughs> Glad you're paying attention. Anyway, don't explain please. it. Don't explain it. It's funny. It doesn't work on the cat, so if it works yeah, on there us, you go. you're getting some money out of it. Anyway, um, leave that in. So, <laughs> Unit 731 was made in 1988 for $200,000. I think that's less money than the first Evil Dead movie, somehow. And uh, let's see. It's twice what Dr. Evil asked for. Is, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, this is the thing is I'm not saying that this needs like a huge budget or something like that. But to tell the story that the way that they're trying to do it is you might as well put some money into it or put some effort into it because real people died here. Real people were tortured and killed here. It, this is one of the sickest things that ever happened. And you have the victims are making goofy, silly faces. And it's not actually funny. And I know we were laughing earlier, but I was watching this, I actually got mad. You know, I, I thought it was really stupid. Uh, I'll give a, a brief, I know, Parker, you're not going to watch this anyway, but definitely don't watch it with your girlfriend. Uh, yeah, it wasn't good. Because they didn't just uh, experiment on human beings, they also experimented on animals. And there is a scene in which they have, like, a, a thing full of, like, rats, right? Live rats. And they toss a cat in there, and the cat is devoured by the rats. They use a real cat, and they use real rats. But the trained eye, which means anyone with sight, can see that it's one of the worst special effects of all time. They just cover the cat in, like, red-colored honey. And you can tell that the, the mice are actually kind of getting their shit fucked up here. <laughs> the, the, the cat's just having a really good time, and uh, it was just, like, eating most of the rats. And when it got tired, it, it left and was rewarded with salmon. So good work if you can get it. Uh... I did not like this. Hey, movie. babe, you want to watch some war crimes? Yeah, this is one of the. Uh, I think this is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Uh, it's it's definitely insulting. And the thing is, like, there is a real potential here because, like, they make good movies about like the Holocaust. You know, you could have made something about like, uh, you could have made an artistic statement. Here's a good example: the the director, his wife, who's fluent in English, said, "Don't call it men behind the sun. Call it man behind the sun, because then it's like man is in mankind." And you could say that it's like, this is what makes it so scary, is that a human being looks into another human being's eyes and did this shit anyways. That's fucking haunting that a human being is capable of this, just like the Holocaust. Is These are the depths that we can sink to. And instead, it's just like, no, it's just the Japanese. Which, fair, it was their idea, but it, it kind of feels like a missed opportunity. But... I'm going to try to make a joke out of this at the end because that's what kind of podcast this is. And boy, do I have one here. When I searched for Men Behind the Sun on the old Wikipedia to, you know, write a little thing about it, what should the autocomplete come up with but Men Behind the Sun 4? I'm sorry. So they'll make a series out of fucking anything, dude. And I looked it up. Apparently it's not about Unit 731. It's about the Nanking Raver of some... You know, I was I was gonna ask why the fuck this was on the list because while I'm not keeping you know great score at home, I don't think that you've watched any Holocaust movies for the list. But uh, now that I know there's a bunch of sequels, I understand. <laughs> are there any Holocaust movies on the list? I don't know. Maybe uh, I don't remember. Yeah, I mean, you are the expert. I g- oh, yeah, I, g- well, I guess I'm you are the biggest you horror fan I know. Parker, does does Puppet Master count? Paco 731. What's your next movie? <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, next one on. Oh, good. Oh, is that a oh boy. Dude. Dude, I got a good one here. All right. This is a movie called Pin. Pin is borderline a future episode. If it wasn't as long as it was, I, I am so ready to fucking talk about Pin. 
Pin is a Canadian movie. Uh, it's based on a book which no one will ever read. Uh, Pin is... What is Pin? Pin is one of those anatomical dummies. You know, like, the kind of ones that they don't have any skin, so you can see, like, all the organs and shit, and it's like, oh, I can see, like, here's the liver, here's the pancreas, whatever, that sort of thing. That's Pin. And he sits in a doctor's office, inert. And the doctor owns him. He shows him off to his patients. It's like, this is where your brain is. And the patient's like, thanks, I, I got that part. And he has two children. And when he's with the children, he's able to use ventriloquism to make it seem as though uh, Pin is talking. And he sort of talks through Pin to be like to talk about, you know, the differences. You're changing bodies, that sort of thing. Uh, Say goodnight, both. Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> so. <laughs> when he's not with Pin, he's not very close to them. Like, he's kind of, like, weird around them. He's kind of cold and distant. Uh, which is having an adverse effect on these two children, who are severely fucked up. But one of them far more fucked up than the other. It's a brother and a sister sort of thing. I think they're twins or something. I don't know. Uh, so, the young boy is, is growing closer to Pin. Now, here's... I, I want to mention something about Pin. They don't do the thing that I thought that they were going to do in this movie, which is every once in a while you'll see like a dummy, then it'll like cut away, then you'll cut back. And it's clearly a person in like pin makeup. He's like got like the, the 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 dummy like makeup and stuff like that. No, it's just pin the entire time. So his lips never move throughout the entire movie, which you think might be like, oh, that's commitment to the bit, but really it's just like, boy, they they were so fucking cheap, and it looks like really fucking stupid. To wit. Uh, the boy goes in there to talk to Pin, which is impossible because, like, his dad's not doing the voice, so how's he going to hear anything that Pin's saying? And another woman, a nurse, comes in, so he hides behind, like, a thing uh, because he doesn't want to get caught talking to the doll? I don't know. Fucking whatever. So she looks at Pin and she goes, Say. And she picks him up, this dummy, and lies down on the table and puts Pin on top of her and fucks the dummy in front of this kid. Now I'm watching this no less than 11 times while I'm watching this. I'm going, <laughs> what the fuck is this shit? <laughs> and it only gets better from there. So apparently Pin has a dick. <laughs> he actually has a full working dick and balls. Uh, meanwhile, like the young boy, his sister, who I guess is his twin, I don't know, is like, she's looking at a porto bag right next to him in bed. What the, f they're like nine or whatever. And she's looking at, like, the biggest pair of tits I've ever seen in my life. And she's like, do you think I'll ever look like that? And, he's, and I'm like, what the fuck am I... Who put this in the movie? Anyway, the movie jumps forward, I think, like, 12 years. It doesn't even do, like, the 10 years later or whatever. You're just supposed to pick up on that. Anyway, it turns out the boy has learned ventriloquism. So he's now speaking through <laughs> Pin. Uh, I'm going to fast forward here because I actually think this one is worth watching just for how hard you'll laugh. His parents get killed and he actually takes the pin doll back to his home and dresses it up as his father. And uh, the ending alone is worth watching. So, pin. Yes, Alex, you have a question. Mm, the endocrine system this is. <laughs> what was that noise for? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what I was expecting, but it wasn't Yoda saying the endocrine system. Well, I mean, when you tell me that they make up a voice for the dummy and the mouth never moves, like, what else am I going to think well, about? That's player. fair. There's only one voice in my yeah. head. No, the, actually, the pin voice sounds nice. like the biggest pussy in the world. It's just like, my body is inert, but yours is living. You have to... And it's like, it's just like fucking He just sounds like a regular Canadian, dude. Well, he doesn't do the <laughs> accent, so... Uh, Pin has apologized numerous times for Brian Adams. 
All right, uh, only three. This is a boot dignity. This is a boot respect. Can I fish? Sister, can I fish? Okay, I <laughs> Okay, I only got three more to get to, and uh, none of them really struck me as very good. I watched Intruder. Intruder was directed by Scott Spiegel. It stars Sam Raimi. And also features yeah, Ted Raimi and a brief, a far too brief cameo from Bruce Campbell. Uh, Intruder is not very good. I hate to say it. Uh, the only thing that anyone's going to get out of this, if you're really into gore, then like, yeah, there's something that's pretty decent about this movie. The the kills are creative. The gore, I, I usually don't say, wow, the gore is really impressive because that does that stuff doesn't usually impress me, but it impressed me in like the Evil Dead sort of way. You know, like I could tell that they worked really hard to make it this way. And again, like creativity is more interesting than anything else. I will say that as usual, Ted Raimi steals every single scene that he's in. And uh, I wanted more Ted Raimi. He was great. Even from like a young age in 1989, he's the real fun of this movie. Now, uh, next one here is uh, the directorial debut of Steven Soderbred. This is Sex, Lies, and Videotape. Oh, good for you. Yeah, I, I couldn't really get into it. I don't know. Really? Yeah, I just... Yeah, I definitely didn't dislike it. I think it was well written. I think it was well acted. I think it was even well constructed. I just couldn't really connect with it. I guess uh, it's a bit dated. I guess I I feel like this is a very personal movie for the director, and he admitted as much. And I, I just I, I guess I couldn't just get in his head for it. Um, I like the characters. I like following them around. I and I wanted to see more of what they were going to do. And I'm going to watch more Steven Soderbergh movies, but uh, this one didn't really do a lot for me. Uh, anyway, get to the last one. Well, good news, you have like 400 more movies. Right, yeah. <laughs> well, this, also, Sex, Lies, and Videotape was not on the list, in case anyone got confused. This next one was on the list. Uh, again, yeah. it could have been. I yeah, guess. this next one was on the list for reasons that escape me. Uh, I have seen the poster for this on, I think, every single streaming site that has ever come into existence. Uh, Parker, have you ever heard of a movie called The Burbs? Yeah, and I've never watched it. Yeah, don't waste your time. This movie blows. Uh, Deal. Dude, a lot Done. of people really like this movie. Uh, they think it's very, very funny. What is The Burbs about? Let me tell you what it's about. It's uh, Tom Hanks is a suburbanite. He's married to Carrie Fisher. And you might be thinking, oh, she was sober enough to do this movie? Yeah, because Corey Feldman, who was also in this, stole her bowl of cocaine. Uh, who else is it? Good for him. Bruce Dern is in it. Joe Piscopo. Dick Miller. Um... And it's all about well, how they get him. <laughs> Somehow he was available. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it's it's they all live in a cul-de-sac in a suburb. Now I grew up in a suburb. I actually kind of love sur- suburbs. They're really great. I I'd love to live in one again. Uh, what the fuck? Wait, I like suburbs. <laughs> what a fucking narc. What? Jesus. I like suburbs. They're great. Anyway, uh. I, it's funnier because we can see you on camera and the listeners can't. Oh, like, yeah, a, yeah, of course you yeah. do. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I don't know. I actually think I did pretty well there. Evidently, I did. Same. Yeah. But anyway. uh, so they're li- and they have suspicions about the neighbor next door. Oh, we think he's killing people or something. And it's just like one whiff joke after another. I think the only time I actually chuckled was uh, there's a scene in which uh, Corey Feldman, who's clearly high out of his mind accidentally crashes into someone and breaks a plate that doesn't even sound funny when i describe it there's there's nothing about this that really made me laugh i actually thought it was just kind of boring the whole time your mileage may vary i i really just couldn't get into this one i don't think that's the thing is like when i call it whiff jokes i almost feel like i'm being too generous to the movie in in saying that they had jokes at all 
I guess th- this is one of those things. So, by the way, this movie was directed by Joe Dante, a director who I think has some talent, or at least had some talent. Uh, it feels like this is the sort of thing where if this happened in your neighborhood, you would think it's very funny. But it's not happening in my neighborhood, and I'm not actually there with these people, and I don't think it's very funny. Maybe if he told a story about this, I was like, yeah, then like, I, I, I don't know, it just doesn't work. So, uh, yeah, I couldn't get into the burbs. I, I don't know. It's, uh, it's just not for me. Next up, a movie called The Church, but I didn't watch it yet. Uh, Alex and Parker, oh, what did you guys watch? Uh, so I'm going to go in the order that I watched it this week because my brain is too stupid to recalibrate. Okay, fair. So, um, you know, uh, I somehow got another Shutter free trial, which I used to watch um, uh, Deadstream, and uh, I did it through Amazon. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, did Josh get you that free thing, or did you find your own method? Uh, I, if only. Uh, I did not make a new email for this. I, <laughs> you didn't I get did through Panera? Attempt. Yeah, I was like, I'll just pay for Shutter for a month. It's like $4, yeah. who cares? So I went into Prime Channels, and I was like, oh shit, it's somehow free for me again. Sure, whatever. So, threw that shit on, watched Deadstream. Whenever I watch something on like a streaming service that either I temporarily have or don't use very often, I always like scroll through the recommendations after. Um, and with Prime Video, it's cool because like they have shit that's like on other channels, so you like catch some other stuff. So like I saw while I was scrolling, a movie on Paramount Plus that just came out called Significant Others. Uh, Chris, are you at all familiar with this movie? No, I don't think I am. Okay, well, what I could infer from, you know, the the picture and the blurb is this couple goes hiking in the forest and stuff happens. So naturally, I'm like, well, it could be our boy. I have to watch this. Um, As Parker will tell you, within 30 seconds, we know it is not, in fact, our boy. Parker, what is it instead that is stalking this couple? Oh, my God. The first, like, minute of the movie, you see shit falling from the sky and landing in the woods. So you know immediately, oh, it's aliens. Oh, it's surprise aliens. Skip, you know I'm passionate about that. You know I'm passionate about hitting play on a movie and seeing spaceships fall from the sky with no one noticing. They do not waste your time with that. Uh, I would say that they get into it faster than a movie like Manverse does, but uh, very much the same vibe. Did we make Chris watch Manverse? I don't think I watched it. That might be an episode. How has that not been an episode? Okay. I just assumed that that was an episode at some point. Hey, guess what we're doing this week? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, there, there's that, that'll be another, you know, <laughs> reality show found footage movie for Chris. Hell yeah, Check dude. Off the good ones list. And we're rapidly getting convinced that this is the greatest genre that's ever happened. So uh, I mean, prove me wrong. Um. So anyway, uh, significant others. Uh, we have a, a young couple... They, they go backpacking in the woods. The girl's very nervous about it for reasons that we soon find out. The guy is just, like, very earnest, dumb Chad, like, the whole time. Like, you know, he's, like, giving her shit, but, like, he's mostly... Like, you can tell the guy's, like, benevolent and stupid. Also comes up later. Uh, because they go through the woods. They're camping, you know. She's, like, constantly on edge. He's like, it's fine, it's fine. It's not a big deal. We're just camping. Like, we're so close to everything. It's cool, whatever. Uh, eventually, he takes her out to, like, this beautiful cliff overlooking the, the Pacific Ocean because he wants to propose to her. And she has a panic attack. Um, and we find out that, like, her whole character, like, she, her character has this anxiety disorder. She's got, like, all this fucking baggage and stuff. They've been dating for, like, six years, but, like, the whole deal the whole time was, like, eh, we're not going to get married, you know, because, like, my parents got divorced or whatever, and, like, I'm an anxious mess. Whatever. That's fine. Um, so, you know... He's pretty bummed out. They go back. They have a fight. 
They go to sleep that night. The next morning, she wakes up, and he's gone. She comes out of the tent. He left a note for her. It's like, hey, you know, went for a walk to clear my head. I'll be back soon. Uh, so after a while, um, what is it? He comes back, right, Parker? Like, yeah. He's back. And then she goes off to, like, go to the bathroom or something. Yeah, she wanders and, off, like, the next morning. And, and she, she finds the hole. Yeah. She finds a cave. <laughs> and she goes in the cave, and there's, like, this blue goo on the ground. So it's like, we, of course, know, oh, this has to be something to do with the aliens. But we don't know, like, what she sees or anything. So then, she, like, she she comes out. She's, like, wandering through the woods. The guy finds her. She's like, hey, I was worried about you. What's going on? And she's just, like, weird for the next, like, 20 minutes. And you're, like, you're, you know, an astute viewer, you're like, oh, well, she must be an alien now. Uh, turns out that she is not an alien, but instead found her boyfriend's body in the cave, and yet her boyfriend is, like, walking around out in the world. So uh, she instead realizes that he is an alien, which we, the viewers, don't. Pushes him off a cliff, runs away. Just, like, sprints through the woods till she passes out, finds some hikers. Um, and the hikers are like, you know, oh, like, you, you look like you've been through something. Like, she, like, can't articulate what's going on because she's, at this point, lost all her fucking panic attack meds. So she's just, like, fucking losing it. These people find her. She can't even tell them what's going on. And then her boyfriend that she pushed up the cliff shows up. And then, like, five minutes later, he murders these fucking hikers with his alien hands. Because he has blades that come out of his fingers. Because of course he does. That video game. Like the uh, whole middle of the movie is framed like she found something in the cave and it attacked her and turned her. So you spend like a good 20, 30 minutes thinking like, okay, like she's some weirdo alien now. And then you realize like, oh no, she found her dead boyfriend and he's been the alien this whole time. It's chef's kiss. It's, it's fantastic. It's absolutely fantastic. Uh, so alien him catches up with her and he gives her this whole explanation that's like, you know, I'm like an advanced scout of this invasive alien species. Like, we go to the planet, we infiltrate their species, we find these things out. But taking this guy's body is the first time I've ever experienced love. And because of that, like, like I now love you. Alien me loves you. And therefore, like, I want to just, like, take you back to the alien planet. I want to make sure you're not here when the destruction happens. Like... This is, like, this is such a crazy feeling. I've never experienced anything like this. So, like, he kind of, like, half kidnaps her and, like, is, like, walking her back to her ship. Uh, Parker, would you like to uh, talk about the Chekhov's gun that fires on this beach scene? Oh, my God. Earlier in the movie, we tease a shark. And I'm sitting there thinking, like, look, it already gave me aliens. We tease Squatch. There's no Squatch. There is no possible way <laughs> this giant <laughs> alien boyfriend, who I love, is going to get attacked by a shark in the middle of this movie. And when I tell you a single tear went down my face <laughs> as he gets fucking mollywopped by the shark. Her brilliant plan to get away from the alien boyfriend is to swim out into shark-infested waters while bleeding everywhere. So the guy chases her. And then he just gets ripped apart by fucking sharks. Uh, so, you know, she swims back to shore. She runs away. She's like, I gotta get out of here. I gotta get out of here. Of course, the next scene we see is the boyfriend emerging from the water and ripping a shark's head in half. Because oh God, that's so what kind of movie we're it's watching. so fucking good. The good kind. A movie I had never heard of until you messaged me, by the way. I, it's, it's pretty new. I, I think this came out like a couple weeks ago. Straight um, to Paramount Plus. So... <laughs> 
Remember how, uh, remember how, you know, we talked about the fact that when the alien became the boyfriend, he has all of the boyfriend's emotions, and how the boyfriend's just, like, this big, dumb Chad who just wants to love and be happy? Well, uh, because the girl keeps running away from him, the alien decides that the purest way to experience love is to instead become the girl, who, as previously mentioned, has horrifying panic attacks. So the alien becomes this girl and just has a fucking panic attack and collapses on the ground. (laughs) An alien which has never experienced love now has to take on crippling, like, diagnosed anxiety where, like, you have to take these meds or you just short circuit is now facing these absolute brain demons and can't handle it. It's so good. The the second you realize that the alien having a panic attack is going to be the climax of this movie, which for me was, like, 20 minutes before it happened, like... You're just, like, rubbing your hands together. Like, this this fucking owes. This movie's so good. And then, you know, she beats the alien to death, runs away. She's driving away in the car. And then the alien takes over a radio. It was like, did you think it was that easy to get away from me? And then the alien invasion starts. The credits roll. So uh, what I'm beautiful. saying is five out of five stars. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, it's some, the kind of movie that we can explain on this show because it's literally for the two of us and Repick and no one else I've ever met. But, uh, goddamn, dude, what a film. Yeah, I fucking loved it. Thank you for... Yeah, stumbling yeah, yeah, across I, I, it and recommending it because also and folks uh oh yeah also the main girl is micah monroe from it follows in the guest oh, hey. and she's good yeah. in literally everything yeah. so that definitely and also helps. also 85 minutes no that's important oh, that also yeah yeah, yeah all that's, these factors together that's a it's a solid recommendation I, I mean like we basically just kind of talked about everything that's worth talking about so it's not like episode worthy or anything but like extremely solid film like if you know you know like God damn that fucking that shark scene! Just I was like, like scooting back in my chair and doing the Leo point at the screen. Like I was, there's just one, absolutely a fucking pig and shit, dude. One of those movies that three years from now will be on every underrated movies you might not know about list. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it's, I saw an awful really one of those recently. I think it was like Variety.com did something like that. It was like top twenty-seven great movies that bombed at the box office, and number two was Bros. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that rules. I didn't click on that. Thank you for letting me know. <laughs> I saw the fucking... I saw Tyler Durden on it. I'm like, yeah, I'm not clicking. Well, I, 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 I clicked because I saw Annihilation. I was like, oh yeah, I do remember seeing that in theaters. It was weird because there was a lot of... It was like, no one watched this at the movie theater. I was like, I watched like half of these at the theater. <laughs> I had a great experience. I, had, like, I saw Grindhouse at the theater. That was one of the best movie theater experiences of my life. Oh, yeah. What was you watch? Alright, um, so I talked about this briefly last week in saying that I was going to do this, but I uh, went to the Alamo to watch a movie that is near and dear to my heart called Donnie Darko. Now, I wanted to watch this, you know, because A, because I haven't seen it in a while, and B, I've never seen it in a theater, but C, like, I wanted to take, like, a critical look, kind of, at this movie that I've loved for basically my entire life, um, because it's a movie that a lot of people have problems with, and a lot of people don't enjoy and a lot of people, you know, think is like pseudo-intellectual trash. So it's like, all right, well, let me explore this. Let me see what's going on here. Um, and first of all, if you're one of those people that looks at this movie as in the same category as like Fight Club and American Psycho and all of those movies for fucking incels, like, I get it because you do have a main character who's weird and too smart for his own good and... You know, I I can see everyone posting on a forum in 2004 being like, he's me, he's me, I'm Donnie Darko. And, like, the three of us, at least, 
we're there and we know how annoying those people are yeah. and also, if that soured your opinion of this movie 100% understand but also people do that now for everything yeah so it doesn't yeah, even matter anymore like yeah, it, people gotta let go of the past like mm-hmm. yeah those people um, are annoying but also people do that for fucking ted lasso like it's okay it's <laughs> exactly fine. like it's it, and it's it's frustrating it is um what i will say because like all of those criticisms for this movie are fair this character is a little bit too smart and a, and you know a little bit too funny and a little bit too attractive like all of that is true but what makes this movie good at handling that is the way the other characters treat the character of Donnie Darko. Um, that is the point where, like, <laughs> it's going to be funny after I just gave this spiel and then explain this this way. But, like, <laughs> if you've ever been a person who, like, you know, was ever looked upon by others as, like, smart but emotionally unstable, the way people treat this character in this movie will hit incredibly deeply close to home for you. I'm and half. It has n- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It has nothing to do with, you know, all of the reasons that people identify with the character, you know, because, like, you know, he tells the teacher to fuck off and, like, he gets up in the assembly and, like, yells at Patrick Swayze, like, all of the, you know, all the, like, the, the uncool kid fantasy moments in this movie, like, it's not about that. It's the way other characters interact with him like the way like his friends dads treat him when they find him on the fucking golf course just like get a load of this fucking weirdo again like (laughs) if you've ever gotten those looks you know and like that's one of the things that's like really great about how this is written and acted because i mean if you like look this up on imdb for the first time in ages like you look down the cast list and you're like wait drew barrymore was in this seth rogan was in this like i did not know about seth rogan after He's like one of the fucking bullies. Like, he he's he has like three lines. Like, oh, he's barely in the that, fucking yeah. movie. But but like, it, it's it's just name after name after name of people you know, um, and it shows because like a lot of the you know the the film production of this is like pretty amateurish. Like I know this was done for a pretty low budget, but you can tell a lot of people read this script and were like, "You have something here. I want to be in this." And you know, some of them have producer credits. Like, this is like. It's not one of Swayze's last roles, but it's, like, one of his last bigger roles. Like, he's in this movie a lot. Um, Now, I know that, like, a lot of people think about this movie and they think of, like, all the time travel shit. Because they know the same fucking people that would make 5,000 post topics about Inception and, like, whether the top was spinning or not. Or the same people that wanted to talk about the philosophy of time travel in this movie. Well, here's the thing. It doesn't fucking matter. Like, thematically, it is just, like, a vehicle to get to the things that matter in this movie. This movie's, like... This movie's about loneliness and acceptance and fitting in. And, like, it's really effective at that stuff. Um, Whether him talking to a science teacher about time travel does anything for you or not, like, I don't really care. Like, if that's what you're focused on, you miss the point of the fucking movie. Like, Chris, you often say, like, sci-fi's supposed to be about something. This is a movie that's about something. And people focus on the stuff that it's not actually. Well, I agree with you. I mean, um, I, I think about that scene in particular, which he's talking to his teacher. I think the important thing is that he is talking to his teacher. And I think a lot of people, they, I, I, you really do bring up a good point with people online talk about like the philosophy of time travel, which I don't even know if they use those exact words, but something along those lines. It's the title of the book uh, that somebody I'm writes in like, the movie. Yeah, yeah there's yeah, like I YouTube know, explainers or Reddit theories, that awful r slash film theories about like here's how the time travel actually works which uh man you got you guys gotta get a fucking life don't ever fucking do that shit 
And it, like, not only does it not matter, but, like, it's not nearly as hard to follow as people make it out to be. I think just, like, this happens to be a movie that attracts a kind of dumb guy that thinks he's very smart, and that's unfortunate, because I think this is a really, really well-done movie in a lot of ways. Like, every character in this movie is, like... I hate calling characters logical, because, like, it's not like their actions are logical, but it's like every character behaves the way they're supposed they to. They have an internal logic, um, yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Um, and I think that, like, this movie is just, like... It's the kind of movie... Okay, how do I word this? Um, you know, you walk out of a movie most times, and, like, you probably have a pretty good idea of, like, the main characters and their belief systems and, like, how they act and how they feel and how they think. This is a movie where that, like, goes, like, 15 deep. Like, the characters that have 12 lines of this movie, you feel like you know basically everything about them after you watch it. And that's, like, kind of the brilliance of the way this is written and why it's so effective. Um, I do have one major, major criticism of this movie that I have never felt before. Um, as I said, like, Jake Gyllenhaal in this movie, he's fantastic. It's one of his first roles. Like, he he's just a magnificent actor, and having him in this part is great. He's too fucking old for this. Like, he's too old for this role. And, like, watching this now, that character's supposed to be 15, maybe 16. Oh, yeah, he doesn't look, he just yeah, looks he doesn't look 15 He looks 25. <laughs> and, like, it's it's kind of jarring. Like, I, I... I mean, I know how old Jake Gyllenhaal is. I have a lot of, you know, context and background with Jake Gyllenhaal at this point. It's been 20 years since this movie came out. Just about. Uh, but, uh... Yeah, he's just, he's too old. Especially because, you know, the female lead in this, Jenna Malone, is, like, actually 16, I think. I'm, like, I'm pretty sure she was, like, that young when this was, this movie was made. And it's, like, damn, you guys don't look the same age. And, like, your relationship is supposed to be, like, at the center of this fucking movie. And, I don't know. I had a fantastic time. I'm really glad I got to see this in a theater. Um... I think this movie actually holds up better than it did in my head because in my head I think a lot of the criticisms had kind of like gotten to me and like when I thought about why I love this movie it was a lot of yeah but it's like oh no no I was actually right the first dozen times I liked it this movie's fucking brilliant like I I'm okay saying that and if other people disagree that's fine um it, it is absolutely the fucking like a one-hit wonder for Richard Kelly that man has no talent as a director but he had some great ideas and he put them all into one film and I am very happy I saw this in a theater, and I will probably be watching this again yearly for the foreseeable future, because I, this is a movie I'm really passionate about. Uh, I cannot I remember the last time I saw it. Sorry, I have nothing to <laughs> I, add. I, I have yeah, very yeah, vague memories. I think it's somewhat well-known on this podcast that as much as Alex loves this movie, I, uh, I strongly dislike it. However, similarly, it's been so long since I watched it, I can barely remember the reasons I disliked it. Uh, I think a lot of it does stem from, like, the online reception, which I usually try to avoid because it's, like, it's it's not the movie's fault. It's not the movie's fault that, like, I the fans are like this. I know. It's hard with you know? this movie. Yeah. I like, I completely... I, I will say that uh, the pseudo-intellectual trash thing, that definitely conjured up some memories. Uh, I remember thinking to myself, not that I disliked the character, although I did, but I disliked the movie, and it felt like the movie felt like it was trying to be smarter than it was. But, again, this is, this is over ten years ago. I think it's more than... Years ago, I think it was like fifteen years ago. I watched this fucking thing. God, I'm old. But uh, yeah, I I don't know. I I probably will not revisit it. But I I do have a question for. Uh, all right, hang on a second. 
Yes, Chris. Yeah. Uh, did you know this is on the list? <laughs> it's really? number six fifty-three. Fuck! I yeah, guess you know, I'm rewatching yeah, it. Let's go. Uh, I mean, I, if you don't rewatch this movie, completely understandable. Yeah. Um, I actually think that you would have a different appreciation for this movie being a older and b having watched so many like eighties kids movies or, or just movies in general. Think, like, you know, get a like a, a more well, of appreciation for what film is trying to do, especially around this time. Yes, but when I say, like, 80s kids movies specifically, I mean, like, there's a lot of scenes of, like, him and his friends riding around on their bikes that, like, he's too old for. And it's one of the reasons that I think he's too old for this part. Mm-hmm. But, like, there's scenes that'd be great if you had somebody that, you know, could act like Jake Gyllenhaal and look like Tom Holland, you know? Like, it, it, it's... I can tell more about the vibe this movie was going for and the aesthetic, the fact that the whole thing takes place in 88, mm-hmm. like... The date, like, the date fundamentally doesn't matter. It could take place at any time. But also just, like, the characters, like, snipping at each other about, you know, the Bush-Dukakis election the whole time. And, like, the music that plays and stuff. It feels very cozy in a way that me, as not a child of the 80s, now feels about 80s movies. I think there's something kind um, of interesting about that, especially with, like, the 80s movies that I've been watching. Actually, The Burbs kind of brings us up to a bit because... This is a little bit before I was born. 88 was a year before I was born, and uh, The Burbs is early 89, and I was born in late 89. And it's kind of interesting to see this world just as I was about to come into it. And I was it's mm-hmm. this thing that I was oh, almost yeah. a part of. And there's something that is definitely very interesting to me about it, because you could almost, as I was growing up, you could sort of feel the remnants of that era, you know, so, slowly start to decay mm-hmm. in a way. And I, I don't know. I think that's kind of interesting in the era of films that I'm exploring right now. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm not going to sign this to you. You may or may not watch it when it come across it on the list. Uh, I think you would get something out of a rewatch. It might further your dislike, but I think you would have thoughts of this movie. You know what? I think this movie is worth having thoughts mm-hmm. about. Let so. me know when you rewatch it for the list, because I legitimately have not seen it since I watched I, it I, on cable. I, as a I, kid. So if you do. Let's let's fucking I go. almost we'll I almost never do rewatches for the list, which is unfortunate because there are some that I probably should rewatch. I uh, I didn't really like uh, Rosemary's Baby very much when the first time I watched it, which is kind of weird. Uh, but I did rewatch The Exorcist, and that went really well for me. Uh, I I know I desperately need to rewatch Alien. That's that's the one where like just like Parker's waiting to see two thousand one in a theater. I next time I get to see Alien in the oh. theater, that I'm good right there for it. Yeah, I saw I saw Alien at the Senator. Absolutely, wait till you see it yeah. in the theater. It's because the first time I watched it, <laughs> even if you got to wait a couple years, like it's like I know it's, I'm telling on myself here, but I watched Alien on, on a laptop. It was like, it's not that scary. <laughs> Shit, it's October. It might be playing somewhere. I know. Yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna try know. to find it. So, anyway, what else are you watch? Um. A couple quick hits here before Parker and I get to talking about, you know, something that I know he is desperate to talk about. Um, This is a show that is regularly on in my house that I never feel the need to talk about because why the fuck would I? But I do feel the need to share with the listeners that it was recently, recently Mexican week on the Great British Bake Off. Um, Now, you might be picturing in your head how this goes. Uh, uh, let uh, Let me give you the bad news first and then the good news. The bad news is that there are far less sombreros and casual racism than before. However, the good news is that, so, like, most of the time they're doing, like, they're baking, like, sweet treats and stuff, but occasionally they'll have some challenge that's, like, you know, savory and has some baked component. And for this, one of their things was, like, their technical challenge was they had to make tacos, you know, with all the 
like the, you know the shells from scratch and like all the components that it took everything up. <laughs> um, you know, you got you got to you got to make the you got to make the meat. You got to you know shred the cheese, make the guacamole, and <laughs> buddy. <laughs> You get to listen to a dozen British people try to pronounce Pico de Gallo. Oh, <laughs> and it is worth oh, the price. That's like three different accents right there. At yeah. least, possibly more. Piccolo um, de Gallo <laughs> is a fish taco shaped like a fish. <laughs> they fuck it up repeatedly. Let me let me go to my notes here and read off a direct quote from one of the contestants who is making a taco for the first time in their life. Quote, I think my pico de gallo is too spicy. <laughs> I really appreciate that. I know you don't take notes for the movies, but you took one for the Great <laughs> British Bake Off. Not pico pronounced pico de gallo. <laughs> I, well, it, it, does not, it does not reach the highs of Japanese Week a couple seasons ago. Oh, where, no. Where their finale was to make, and I quote, a kawaii cake. Uh, no. Okay. Hold on. I, su- I, I swear on my fucking no, life, dude. dude. Come on. You can't just do that to me. I. It's. <laughs> I'm just imagining them putting beans on toast, but folding the toast like a tortilla. <laughs> um. <laughs> you know, oh, wait. there are a couple of them. It's not that far off. Hell yeah, dude. Uh, yeah, I, uh, um, I, you know, it's not like I'm gonna give weekly bake off reports, but uh, in the episode following that, the uh, Scottish guy made a. They had to make a baked pudding, and the Scottish guy made something that was based on a food item that is apparently called a Clutie dumpling. <laughs> that's that's a Kirby enemy. I my fucking lonely dude I don't know that just reminded me that last month on the little calendar at work they had the Mexican Independence Day but they drew an Italian flag instead of a Mexican flag (laughs) 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 fucking that's about how I interpret that challenge is going (laughs) um yeah pretty much Uh, just just thought you guys would like to know about that I Um, thank you so much one other thing you guys might like to know about, um, you know, we we don't spend a lot of time on the show talking about, you know, Marvel content in general, because, like, why would we? Like, that's, it's it, it's fruit that's too low-hanging even for us. Like, what are we going to do? Like, make fun of the dumb superhero movies, make fun of, you know, all these silly little shows they put out. Parker, I know you watch some of them, but, like, you know. But not I mean, all, not which like, is, I'm exactly. I'm proud of my own like, growth, personally. Like, 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 what would we really get out of, you know watching and talking about She-Hulk every week, right? That's just like it's just it's it's too low hanging even for us. Is what I said before somebody sent me a DM out of the blue the other day and was like, "Dude, you have to watch the She-Hulk finale. Dude, you don't need context." Oh, um wow. so let me tell you guys what happens in the She-Hulk finale. So I guess this is like the resolution of a plot point where um she gets doxxed by incels, um oh, which is uh, I guess central to the plot. Um I don't know. They kind of like go about that for like 10, 15 minutes. And like, like they, she apparently, the incels made her so mad that she turned into the Hulk in public. So now she has to wear like one of the bracelets from the government that's like, ah, oh, now you know, you just go back to being a regular lawyer. You can't be She Hulk anymore. And then like, you know, that her and her friends, they go to the like the incel rally in some guy's basement. And then like, you know, like Bruce Banner shows up. He's like, I have to put a stop to this. And then 
She-Hulk breaks the fourth wall and goes to the Marvel writer's room to, in order to tell them that this is not a satisfying resolution of her character arc and that they need to change it. And she meets a robot based on Kevin Feige. And she explains that what this character was actually about is girl power. And, you know, like, like my character needs her own agency. She can't just be saved by men all the time. And so they redo the ending because she broke the fourth wall to argue with the Marvel writers. Uh, my jerk of the week is Deadpool and everyone involved in making it. Yeah. That sounds like the most wretched fucking thing I've ever seen. Uh, I am glad I spent the 28 minutes to find that out and tell you. Don't do the same. Uh, done. Deal. <laughs> Won't happen. Shinron, your power is of no use here. I, I, don't, I don't know what to do with that. I don't know what to do with them, you know, creating this series before it got any negative critical reception and having the fucking crux of the final episode be yeah you're right our show sucks like cool got him guys so what does your you character do really... so she's a woman hmm. all right is that oh is that it okay eight episodes yeah got it let's something nine somehow jesus christ uh eh, don't worry about it that's right, uh part. that's fucking wretched let's talk about something that yeah, might be wretched let's let's talk about halloween ends now i got a couple more things to talk about after this but let's just Ooh, let's yeah. just hit this nail on the fucking head now um so this is a movie that i watched because there was an 11 p.m showing on thursday night when it came out and i was like yeah fuck yeah i'll go over to the theater and watch this why not uh parker i assume you watched it because you're a sweaty little piggy i mean um, it was it came out on peacock same day as theatrical so like why not I'd have to oh, pay. Was it on Peacock? Yeah, I'd have okay. to pay a yeah, dime for no, it. Might as well. Why not? I thought the last one was streaming only, so I was kind of expecting the same for this. And then I saw Showtimes. So I was like, oh. If well. you're gonna put an actual like theatrical movie on streaming day of, I'm not gonna not watch it in October. That's Come on, fair. Man. But also, um, yes, I would have because I'm a little picky. Like, let's get that straight. I correct. I don't. I don't want to pretend I'm any better than what I really am. All right. So, so how do you want to go about this? Because I've I've had a bunch of different thoughts. I was wondering what your um, thoughts were for how do, how do we bring this movie up? Do we, we go like start with beat like by the, beat? The cold open because that it's definitely an attention grabber. With that, uh, that's for sure a character who should have been in the previous movie for any of this to have any impact or landing whatsoever. So the cold open is uh this dude you've never met before is babysitting a kid in Haddonfield on Halloween. I think it's. A year after the 2018 reboot? It's a year. And there's a lot of long tracking shots through the house. A lot of, you know, like, doorways behind them. You can see things in the distance. You you never know, like, okay, is this the part where he's going to close the fridge and Michael's going to get him? Is this the part? It's like a good ten minutes of this. And he's babysitting this kid. And the kid, what does he lock him in? It's not a closet. He locks him in the attic. Yeah. Like, the kid opens the front door... I guess you, you you don't know this while you're watching, but, like, the kid opens the front door, so he goes to investigate outside. The kid's not outside. He goes back in the house. Here's the kid running around, goes upstairs. Kid traps him in the attic. And, uh, like, the kid's, like, on the other side of the door laughing at him. You know, we, we've had, you know, it's this big house that he's babysitting in. You know, you see all the angles of, like, where you think Michael might be hiding. They have this big circular staircase, this huge, like, circular staircase with all these balconies in the middle of the house. The attic's at the very top. The kid's in there. Um, the the babysitter gets locked in the attic by the kid. The kid's like outside the door laughing. 
uh, the babysitter's like kicking the door down, trying to get out, like like you know, like I'm gonna kill you, you little twerp, you know, like the things that babysitters say. As this is happening, the parents get home. They walk through the open front door. They hear the babysitter yelling upstairs. He finally kicks the door open. The kid is on the other side of the door, and the kid goes flying over the balcony and falls four stories and just splats on the floor in front of his parents. Yeah, very effective opener, because you spend the whole time waiting, like, okay, and then Michael's in that closet, or then Michael comes out from the store. But no, like, it's just an actual genuine accident that ends in a dead kid and another horrifying event happening in Haddafield on a Halloween night, which is interesting but then the rest of the movie like i don't know has a lot of interesting ideas and themes it wants to try and grapple with but it's so clumsy and alex as someone who did not watch halloween kills that movie's fucking filler that could have been the first act of this movie like i i, I, I promise like, you it's it's well, got some I mean, pretty good kills but like that movie it's, is it's such filler that it's recapped in 90 seconds like after the the title card which like cool like, like very watched, happy for yours truly but i watched that and they're like oh, yeah, my daughter died i'm like oh yeah judy greer does get murdered at the end of that movie that's right it left yeah. no effect whatsoever uh, like the halloween kills should be the first act of the halloween 2018 sequel not the middle movie in a trilogy which to reiterate all written and directed by the same team you figure that out <laughs> I, and like it's weird because so the first close to an hour of this movie is like laurie strode's like you know trying to live her best life again like she's not like living in her hermit dungeon full of traps anymore like her daughter got murdered her daughter's husband got murdered Laurie's just living with her granddaughter. They're trying to make the best of things, you know? They're trying to get past all of the bad things that happen to them. But, like, people still side-eye them in the supermarket. And, like, people will get mad at them and be like, it's your fault that Michael's here. Like, if, if you weren't so obsessed with this guy, like, our town wouldn't have to deal with this. And, like, you know, my sister would, like, still be able to walk or whatever. A lot of that, a lot of the same with the kid from the beginning of the movie. Because he's not in jail, you know? It was an accident. He ends up, you know not getting like he's he gets off but like you know everybody still harasses him because he's like the creep that killed the kid uh a lot of greasers in this movie dude this Uh movie feels like it's supposed to be a stephen king movie (laughs) set in the 80s like i i get what they're going for but i spent a lot of this movie going just fucking move to literally any other city than haddonfield illinois like everyone here thinks you're a freak go across town like they lived their whole lives in this tiny buttfuck town in the middle of nowhere where everyone looks at them is like there's that fucking freak that made michael myers go crazy there's that fucking psycho that killed that kid all right let me let me disagree with you on that uh i think they make it pretty clear why this kid didn't leave it's because all he has at this point is his family and his family a doesn't have a lot of money and b his mom is a control freak that's a good point Um, uh i should say um i got home from austin at 2 a.m and then watched the first half of this movie so that is yeah. on me, but also I wanted to get it in for this episode, so and I did fair. miss some things. Um, yeah, like like we we see like the the kids like his his dad like runs like a, a junkyard scrapyard type thing. Um, every time he's at home with his mom, his mom is just like, "Hey, you remember fucking, the, that one mom yeah. from it?" Yeah, yeah, basically, same. yeah. That's that's a good way to put it. Uh, uh, long story short, uh. This guy, uh, the greasers, like, fuck with him at some gas station, and Laurie Strode comes in and interrupts it, and then is like, come home with me and meet my daughter. 
or my granddaughter and then you know there's like a thing between the two of them because like they're both victims of bad things that have happened she finally gets him to go out with her to a halloween party and then the kid he killed a couple years before his mom is at the halloween party and just like fucking savages him so he runs away they have a big fight he leaves the greasers show up again and push him off a fucking bridge uh because you know greasers i guess that's what you do when you're in high school you just harass you know the guy that kills kids but this movie wants to be set in 1985 so fucking badly it really and it does not Um, make sense at all because it's it's supposed to be 22 right 21 or 22 because it's it's, three or four years after yeah, yeah, it's something like that. I think it's supposed to come out, like, current with, like, when the movies are released. It's either this year or last year. Like, it's supposed to be as modern day yeah. as these movies get. And yeah. everyone in this movie acts like they live in Halloween 4. It's very weird. Um, So, he gets pushed off the bridge. Uh, of all people, the person who saves him is Michael Myers, who is just living in the sewer. And apparently has been living in the sewer for years, not bothering anybody. Just hanging out. Which as I try not to serial think, killers are apropos to do. I try not to think too much about the lore of these movies, but like when you introduce that, like, oh, he's just been here the whole time, huh? Give me something. Give me. Does so, he have poo brains? Like, give me literally I, anything. It's and this is this is the failing of this movie. I think is like the whole fucking thing is about you know, uh, the way that like you know these ideas are like a sickness and like you know michael does these like killings and it makes the whole town you know like kind of poison itself against each other by the the point that they're all just like bullying this kid that is the entirety of halloween kills is the town being like an angry mob going after michael which also like i you spent the last 40 years telling me he's like this ungodly like horrific force of nature that has no rhyme or reason you're like yeah but sometimes the mob violence is bad that movie does not work at all saved you two hours yeah i i'm well aware um but like this whole thing is you know it's focused on laurie and her granddaughter and this kid who like like all of them it's like you know there's good in all these people bad things happen to them they shouldn't you know we shouldn't just you know ruin people's lives because a bad thing happens to them but also michael myers in this is in this movie who is by all accounts a godless killing machine uh he is very briefly not a godless killing machine in this movie when he saves the kid and the kid like fights with him and the kid runs out of the sewer and the homeless guy that lives literally 20 feet from the sewer where michael myers lives in comes up to him and goes like ah i'm the boogeyman and then the kid has to kill the homeless guy because he's got a knife or something um which basically makes the kid who you know yeah go ahead chris this is boring as fuck yeah, the first the first like hour of this movie sucks ass. Yeah, like, he said the first hour. We're um, just under two. Yeah, it's yeah, it, it's it's a long. It's one. a movie that has um, a lot of ideas, but oh, I and like it, it, so. God, th- this is what the thirteenth Halloween movie, right? I think so. I think so, it hit 13 before Friday did. So the Busta, the Busta Rhymes one is the 8th one, and then the two Red, Rob Zombie ones make 10. And then this yeah. trilogy makes 13. Yeah. Um, uh, so it's at least trying to do something different. It's trying to explore some ideas. It's a movie... It's a Halloween movie that Michael Myers kills two people in. Debatably three. But... 
Um, yeah, and, like, that's not even like an immediate like negative either, because my second it's favorite not. Halloween is Season of the Witch. So like, it's I absolutely appreciate trying to do something different. I just don't think the execution is great. Because boy, if the entire rest of the movie was that one scene of weirdo kid and Michael Myers off just shit housing people, oh my god. Yeah. That's, when they when they kill that <laughs> when they kill that doctor and his assistant because the assistant got a promotion over the kid's girlfriend, like that is an incredible fucking. It's scene. heavy. The guest vibes were like, yeah, that guy got that promotion. I was like, sick. Me and my buddy Michael will take exactly care of that. Exactly what you. I was thinking about. Yeah, because also the you dad know the from thing the guest. we don't see in the guest. Exactly. <laughs> the guy. From, um, the guy. The dad of the dead kid is the dad from the guest. Which is why the I made twenty that minutes movie. where this is actually a slasher fucking rule. Like yeah, when they absolutely. go to the what, when they go to the fucking radio station and cut off the disc jockey's tongue and it's like spinning around on the record and, and like skipping every time. And yeah, like, yeah, really yeah, yeah, it's oh, it's, it's the it's revenge great. on the greaser bullies. My God, oh, they die dude, dude. so violently. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Like when he, when he gets like the head greaser at the end and just like fucking you see him like blow torching the kid's face like right in front of the camera. It's like hell yeah, dude. It this is, is why we're here. Good. Um, there's some real good stuff in here. Like yeah, at worst, it's like a top five or six Halloween movie. Like it's it doesn't work. It has ideas that don't pan out. But it's still better than fucking four, so, five, six, H two O resurrection. Like, come I on. I think I'm probably more charitable this than you are at this point because like I flipped my opinion on this like thirty times at this point. Same, and I um, just finished it this morning. So yeah, I think a lot of it actually works. Even the parts that are boring, like it's at least building to something, and you know it's building to something because like you know like Michael's somewhere, and you're gonna like there's gonna be some resolution to this whole fucking plot line. Um. The thing that gets me about this movie is, like, thematically, it feels all over the place to me. Oh, like, yeah. this is a movie that's supposed to be about forgiveness and moving on, but also Michael Myers is there. But also, it's the and big climactic end, which is my least favorite part of the movie, I think. Um, I mean, I'm not gonna lie, I did laugh when they, they fucking parade Michael's body. Oh, oh well, that, yeah, 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 no, no, no. I'm at, <laughs> so, I'm at the one-on-one okay. -on -one final confrontation. Them doing a fucking funeral procession and chucking Michael's body in a meat grinder is five it's, and a half it's, stars. It's, it's, it's really good. good. Um, well, so, like, I, I, you know, I actually like all the stuff where Lori has the fight with her granddaughter because Lori realizes, like, hey, your boyfriend has, he was a nice kid and now he's become evil. And the granddaughter's like, why would I ever listen to you? You're just, like, a paranoid fucking psycho. And then the kid comes back to kill Lori in the house. And I don't remember how he ends up getting near death, but, like, the granddaughter walks in and Lori's holding the knife and like oh. he's like laying bleeding on the floor just like what happened to the kid at the beginning of the movie it's like i see you movie it's like i know what's going really on really good because like, she fakes a suicide because she knows he's watching right yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. and he turns the corner and she just shoots him like twice in the chest <laughs> and then uh he realizes like, he hears the car oh, right. he steals the mask realizes he, he, and so just he's got it. the michael myers mask yeah. by the way he realizes yeah. uh she's already like called the cops and all that so he just fucking stabs himself in the neck as the daughter walks in and she's pulling the knife out of his neck. So it looks like she stabbed him and went crazy. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's a fucking crazy lady who's had PTSD for 40 years. But my thing is, like, like uh, what I'm specifically referring to is, like, her whole final confrontation with Michael Myers. Like, I don't really care anymore, man. Like, it's been 40 years. I'm, I, I don't, I, it, I don't it care. Yeah, I just, yeah. I don't give it a shit, matter. man. 
2018 I, I was the only enough. reason. I, I realize it's the only reason you bring her back for these movies, but like she probably should have died in the second one. Yeah, like, twi- like the 2018 one was that was plenty for me. That was a good enough arc of her ha- trying to have a family, her family being estranged because she's a fucking psychopath. I, I'd agree with that. Who spends all day doing like survivalist yeah. training while he's just in prison? Like, yeah, that's all I needed. I didn't need the whole fucking Halloween kill. She's just in the hospital, just like she was in Halloween too. Like, I don't. One and done would have been enough. Like I don't, I don't if, care. If, like, it's been decades. I've seen this play out three different times now. And if I watched Halloween Kills, I might feel differently about this one. Uh, but like, Chris, you hit the nail on the head. The first like half of this movie is fucking boring. Yes. Fair. But by the second half of the movie, I was willing to forgive the boringness because I felt like it built to something that like I was like, okay, I'm not gonna say I'm like emotionally invested in this movie, but like it's at least interesting. Like I, I'm. I'm happy they tried to do something, and this isn't just, like, every other fucking slasher movie ever watched. And, like, I still don't know if I think this movie's good or not. Like, I did a lot honestly. of shifting my seat of, like, okay, oh, we're, okay, we're trying something here. Like, again, I don't know how much of it works, but it's trying something different. And the fact that it's the same team just taking this wild swing of, like, finally, the end, the 40 years of history, these two, and it's like... They have one scene together at the end. It's all about. I just actually just kind of wish like they got really literal with like the evil transferring on. Like no, fuck it. Just like have half of the movie. I'm glad they did. Him and Michael out doing shenanigans. I mean, I guess get weird with it. I guess a question because we have a lot of this would have been more fun. Yeah, for sure. I I guess a question here, uh, specifically for you, Alex, but I guess also for Parker, is is interesting enough to make a, a movie good. I, I don't know that it is because every once in a while I'll see a movie from the list that I'll say, "Well, I've never seen that before," but it's usually uh, a kill or something. And uh, I, I know I praised the kills in Intruder as interesting, and that was enough to get it over the hump. It was really more Ted Raimi than anything else. Uh, the honest answer I have to that question is like, if I can walk out of a theater and say like that that movie made me think or feel something, like I'm usually pretty okay with yeah, that. Yeah, I think I could. Agree and with I can that. say that's definitely. I think that's definitely the case for this movie, for me at least. Other people, like, if if you're, you know, some little fucking 22-year-old horror piggy who just wants to see the new slasher movie, you're going to fucking hate this, and that, like, that's fine. Um, I'm not sitting here trying to claim that, like, I'm more nuanced or, you know, in an elevated discourse from people that feel that way, because I, I don't watch enough of these to feel that way, but, like, this, like, like I, I've thought about this movie for five days, like... It's stuck with me. I can tell you most of the things that happened in it, which is not something I can say about most fucking horror movies I watch. Like, yeah, like that counts of, for not nothing. At the end of the day, I'm sitting here watching the 13th Halloween movie going, Ah, oh, I didn't see that coming. Whether yeah. or not I end up liking it at the end of the day, like, that's not that important. Because we're just going to reboot it again. Oh, like, yeah. I mean, that's, these are never Yeah, gonna I'll end. see you guys in three to four years. Yeah, the, and then the fucking granddaughter will come back to Haddonfield. They really should like just care, put like, like a fucking tactical nuke on Haddonfield. Yeah, I, just fucking wipe yeah. it out. I'm very ready for them to start bringing back like Paul Rudd and Josh Hartnett and like all okay, these. Now people you're that, t- that could get me back. Like, yeah, percent. Yeah. Um, no, like I feel like this is not a recommend, and it's not a definitely don't watch this. Like. I don't feel like our opinions in this on this movie are going to sway whether anyone watches especially, it or not. Like, especially when this episode's coming out. <laughs> I, well, I mean, if you like if you like movies, if you like horror movies, like 
it's not really what you're expecting from a Halloween movie. And I think that's cool. And I think that it falls flat in a lot of ways, too. So, yeah, I... I don't know. Ask me again in a week, because it's... The fact that I'm tossing and turning this much on a Halloween sequel, I think we, says we enough that We can have this like, exact same conversation on next week's episode, and we probably still won't have made up our minds. I feel like it's but, interesting enough, like, worth a watch in that respect. That it's like, yeah, another Halloween movie. I don't know if I liked it, but then they tried this. I don't know. It's interesting. <laughs> yeah, I'll definitely get back to you next week, because... I I, I, I might have a different opinion next week. We can have this conversation. This could be a segment. Like, how do we feel about Halloween ends like, this week? Okay, okay. Like now, <laughs> I want to reevaluate everything based on like, okay, so this is what this was supposed to be. Because right. again, like Michael Myers is barely in it, boss. I don't fucking care. Like canonically, I'm not in bothered this story, by that. Yeah, he's an old fucking dude. Like he's an old burnt man, missing fingers and shit. Like he's you. Any of us in this call could probably one v one him. Like I don't give a shit. That's not the point. But, you know, all of the advertisements leading up to it is just like, finally, 40 years later, it comes to an end. It's like, that ain't what this is at all. That's not even... That's like one scene in the third act. That has nothing to do with anything. Yeah, pretty much. So, yeah, I, I will I, reevaluate. Literally, the reason I watched this movie is because I saw a tweet that says, I can't believe they released a Halloween movie where Michael Myers doesn't kill anyone. And I was like, alright, well, I gotta see if that's real or not. Is it literally just two people if that well it's three if you count the kid at the end because like he does stab him oh like, fair enough that kid's yeah. not i mean that kid's dead but he's not like dead dead you know yeah, i mean he's that kid but no it, it's it's yeah. uh it it's he he kills the the girl in the fucking doctor's house and he kills the cop in the sewer and that's it got that awesome like if that was the whole movie it'd be so good because yeah that kid going there and terrorizing that doctor and then michael just appearing in that doorway you're like oh fuck this is a oh, dynamic so, I've never was seen before. Unbelievably hype. I, that and the junkyard scene so, are both so. Yeah, the junkyard hype. scene is. It just goes full Christine for like ten minutes as he brutally murders these greasers. It's it's pretty good. I'm gonna be honest. It's like like I, I typically you know it's it's rare that I see a kill that I'm very impressed by, and there were several in this yeah. movie. So you know, good on them. Oh God, when he crushes under that fucking barbed wire fence. Oh Jesus. my God. A movie that. I will think about more than I think of Halloween 4, 5, 6, H2O, Resurrection, either Rob Zombie, probably two if I'm being honest. I've never really had love for Halloween yeah, 2. Halloween 2 is bad. Two is bad. Outside of Ben Traber exploding. <laughs> I, I would absolutely rather watch this movie than Halloween 2 again. Like, in a heartbeat. It's not close. But yeah. This will I be, uh, next year I will do the new trilogy again. And uh, just see how they all hit one after another. With a bunch of time between. Which, again, um, I've watched several sequel-slash-reboots this year of, of these franchises. Have not given a second thought to most of them. But this one, this one's going to stay with me for a bit. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, good on them for making a movie that's worth talking about. Not something that happens a ton, especially in horror. Absolutely. Uh, speaking of movies that are worth talking about, Parker, what the fuck? Were you just never gonna tell me how good dog soldiers is oh buddy dog soldiers wait did i see that? i think i, I think Dude. i saw dog soldiers <laughs> let me look that up uh did you dog soldiers film is uh launched the career of neil marshall guy who made the guy that did the design oh yeah i saw yeah, this yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah dog soldiers yeah, fucking dude. owns dude <laughs> 
it's just. I think I mentioned this. <laughs> like, uh, I don't remember you ever talking about this. And I also, I, I watched this, this, this before so. the podcast. Or if I watched it during the podcast, it was early on before we like had actual yeah, segments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, like I looked on Letterboxd, and Chris, you haven't logged what this, f- which normally mm, I trust. Okay, you that's a mistake then, because I, I definitely. But, uh, I'm gonna fix that right here. Um, so yeah, for the uninitiated, Dog Soldiers is a movie. Um, it's about a uh, a Scottish like military regiment that's up training up in the middle of fucking nowhere in the Highlands, that gets attacked by werewolves. That's it. That's the whole plot. Uh, the werewolves look great. The Scottish dudes are incomprehensible, but in a good way. Um, if this movie had like a couple hundred thousand more dollars in its budget, Gerard Butler would be in it. hundred um, percent. Yeah. Chris, just checked. I did log it. Yeah. Oh, did you? Stars. As it, I, I am like nearly positive. When I looked yesterday, it said only. Yeah, Parker, it's, but, it's me and Parker. Uh, Maybe you maybe yeah, you blocked yeah, me. You're good. Uh, you're good. <laughs> you tried to ban me from Discord. I, that, no, that, that, does, that does sound like something I would do. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Dude, the background um, image, like the header image of just those guns pointing at the giant werewolf. That's how you know, man. Dude, it's, <laughs> that movie's so fucking yeah. good. Like I I I mean it makes sense that that yeah. movie's good. But like this is a movie that nobody had ever mentioned to me in any capacity. At least to my knowledge. Maybe Chris talked about it when I wasn't That's here. That's a possibility. Maybe it was a while yeah, ago. Was a while I don't know. Ago. But but uh goddamn what a good film really happy i watched that one like that and the descent back to back is really like i just keep giving this dude second third fourth and fifth chances because he's like Mm -hmm. i mean he made those both with no money like yeah maybe it's just the studio fucking you up hellboy's not your fault it's fine make another one yeah i mean like i i have to assume this movie cost less than a million dollars and those werewolves look fucking incredible if that's the case like it's like a truism in werewolf movies that the werewolf looks like shit and in this they don't like they actually look fucking menacing and uh yeah everything about this is great (laughs) even like that's one of those movies where like you're watching and like there's like a stupid little throwaway joke in it and uh you you just you can't help but laugh fuck there was oh my god there's a fucking matrix joke in this movie and I can't remember what it is now I should have written it down but like it's like 15 minutes from the end of the movie when everything's already gone to oh yeah (laughs) one of the guys names is like Spoonie and like they come downstairs and like (laughs) the one guy goes where's Spoon and the other guy like like puts his hand into like some guts and pulls out a watch and looks at him and goes there is no Spoon (laughs) and it fucking killed me it's like (laughs) it's like this is this doesn't belong in this movie and yet it was just it fucking slayed because they're so fucking Scottish (laughs) Great film, absolutely great. I watched Dog Soldiers this week. (laughs) You should, you should. It's real good. Um, And now, last thing I have to talk about something that is not real good. So the wheel demanded that I watch a movie that was under three stars on IMDb. (laughs) Now, Chris, I'm going to need you to do me a favor here, okay? Um, Go ahead and open up IMDb for me. Uh, Look up a movie called Going Overboard. And then minimize the tab. Oh. And I'll, I'll let you know when I need you to go back to that okay, tab, go okay? Ahead. So Going Overboard is a movie that came out in either 1988 or 89. Uh, it's starring Adam Sandler, a young, precocious Adam I think Adam I've Sandler. heard of this, but didn't actually watch it. Keep going. Um, 
Uh, yeah, if you had watched it, then you would have had a much more visceral reaction to the fact that I said I watched this. Um, so, this is Adam Sandler before he was on SNL. And this is like, there are a lot of things about this movie that, to me, resonate the same way like a student film does, where it's just like, clearly, like, somebody's got some ideas and, you know, has like a small amount of money and wants to go film a movie. Uh, this movie is about Adam Sandler who is a guy that like he's like a waiter on a cruise ship but he really wants to be a comedian like he really wants to be the cruise ship's comedian the problem is he's not funny and like he he just like wants a chance to go up and tell jokes in front of people and like hopefully like other people will find him funny in the way he finds himself funny even though no one else does um it's a very interesting point in Adam Sandler's career, you know, which hasn't started yet, because, like, he doesn't have the Adam Sandler voice yet, but there are hints of it, and, like, there's a lot of hints of, like, you know, the physical comedy that would become big for him. Like, he does, like, little dances and shimmies when he's walking around and stuff. It's like almost like you're watching him develop, like, the, the personality that he would be on screen. Now, I mentioned that, like, his character is not supposed to be funny. The problem is, like literally nothing in this movie is funny like not a single fucking thing is even like ironically funny like there's already another comedian on the, on the ship who everybody thinks hilarious who is like clearly not funny and like supposed to be not funny but like you just end up with two guys that are just telling unfunny jokes and there's this whole subplot with like this like rock star who's on the ship who's just like his whole personality is well he's really dumb and he has sex with a lot of women because they think he's hot it's like yeah great cool he uh he he sings a song uh called i want to slap your cat and it sounds like an acdc song because you know acdc has stupid songs get it that's a joke uh adam sandler's character also just like regularly breaks the fourth wall in this movie like literally the first scene of the movie is him like talking to the camera like hey this is our little film and like you know they talk about low budget films but this is a low uh, this is a no budget film here's how you can tell see look this is the earthquake effect we have to work with and then somebody shakes the camera and it's like oh all right and then like he goes up like four like sets of ramps to get on the ship and he's just like dancing like little sailor man the whole way up like it's like oh no what am i in for um uh chris you you talked about um the that movie about the evil ugandan dictator and in in relation to the movie the movie about universe 731 this movie also has the appearance of a dictator uh you guys remember manuel noriega of panama yeah (laughs) this movie likes to take the piss out of him let me tell you what Um, got him yeah uh like one of the like the 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 scene breaks in this movie like that they regularly go to is it's like a bunch of models like talking individually to the camera like if they were auditioning for a beauty pageant because all of the models are on the ship for some reason because i guess like it's funny there's hot women um uh in fact like one of them like they're all just talking about how ugly adam sandler is which is like the only like kind of funny part of the movie um but uh yeah, so apparently one of them in their pageant speech said that Manuel Noriega had bad breath, so he sends terrorists to take over the boat. But all the terrorists want to do is is do stand-up comedy. So after Adam Sandler is met by the ghost of Milton Berle, who tells him how to be funny, he, he teaches them. You just be confident. And then... Yeah, hour and 40 minutes. And Ooh. because it was an assignment, 
um, I decided to maximize my pain and watch it on Tubi.tv. Um, so add an extra 12 minutes for commercials. Oh boy, did now, you get Chris, this one? I'm not ashamed of my pubic hair. I celebrate. Stop it. Uh, it's possible. Uh, also, I, you. I, I should I should mention for the listeners and also mostly Chris. Uh, Billy Zane is in this movie as King Neptune for two scenes. Oh, good. You figure it out. Um, new... oh, now, Chris, Chris, I'm sure you're wondering why I asked you to bring up the IMDb mm-hmm. for this movie. Um, I need you to do this so people believe me when I say okay. this, okay? What I need you to do is go to that IMDb page, scroll down, and read Adam Sandler's character name off to me. <laughs> I can see why you didn't ask Parker to do this. Uh, this is Shecky Moskowitz, and Shecky is spelled that is correct. S-C-H-E-C-K-Y. Moskowitz spelled M-O-S-K-O-W-I-T-Z. Oh. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, and Burt Young is in this? Well, now it's a party, and he plays General Noriega. I guess. I mean, there's people in this movie. Billy Bob Thornton's in yeah, there somewhere. Yeah, he plays Dave. Could have fooled me. Oh boy, that's not a good IMDb picture. He's got an ugly little soul patch and everything. Yeah, yeah. Shecky um, Moskowitz. Uh, B- Billy Zane shows up as Neptune King in the Sea and talks about his big fucking nose. And then Adam Sandler's character's like, "Wow, oh, well, you know, that's that's pretty anti-Semitic if you think about it." It's like, man, just tell a joke, please. Like, why am I watching this? Uh, one point eight on IMDb, if I'm not mistaken, and uh. An undeserved 1.8, because it should be lower. Also, if you scroll down to the people who liked this also enjoyed, the first result is probably still Freddy Got Fingered. Uh, uh, so, wait a minute, let me, let me see that one. Mm. Actually, maybe it's good. Uh, who knows? I don't, think I, I don't think I saw those ones. I, uh, the ones I saw were uh, <laughs> also really bad. I saw this compared to uh, Daniel the Wizard, Turks in Space, Pledge This, and Manos the Hands of Fate. Which, uh, it's not good. Look, I, oh, wait, um, if you want to, if you want to, like, do a little something like, oh, we're going to show Chris, here's some top picks, TV shows and movies just for you. The new Hellraiser, Werewolf by Night, Piggy, and Clerks 3. Well, none of those are on the list yet, right? Uh, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> um, that is all I have. Thank you, Wheel. <laughs> Thank you, Adam Sandler. Um, I sure hope my teams didn't go two and three this week, and I hope everybody managed to finish out their ten-point leads. Um, Parker, what'd you watch? All right, so uh, most of what I watch, I covered with my good friend Alex. Now, uh, I spent uh, Sunday and Monday out in Austin with my family, and on Monday I was planning on driving back a little earlier, and then my sister comes in. She's like, "Hey, me and my boyfriend are gonna go to the Alamo and see Smile. Do you want to go with us?" So I quickly grabbed my shoes. <laughs> You guys, <laughs> what a picture. A movie that is trying to be like a sort of smart, intellectual art house thriller, but also a movie where people just make big, dumb, smiling faces at you at the same time. Oh, good. <laughs> it is the perfect mix of wanting to be an A24 movie with also being the dumbest shit I've ever seen. <laughs> like, when I tell you the juxtaposition of... Uh, let me just run down like three scene transitions in a row here. Uh, so this whole thing starts, just to give some backstory. Uh, this woman works in a mental hospital. One of her patients comes in saying she's freaking the fuck out. That uh, her professor killed herself in front of her. And now she keeps seeing this freaky monster thing that's like 
it looks like people that are already dead, but it has this big shit-eating grin, like you've seen in all the trailers. Mm-hmm. And then she starts getting freaked out, like she's being attacked. It's almost like uh, Elm Street, that one kill in the bedroom where she's like being dragged up against the wall. Mm-hmm. And then something snaps. She's got the big smile on her face. She slits her throat real slowly. And now our main character is being haunted by this thing. And like the entire movie is just her slowly but surely losing her mind and having these vivid hallucinations. And there's a scene where she goes to her sister's kid's birthday party. And she's got the present all picked out. Now let me preface this by saying she can't find her cat. Her cat has gone missing. So immediately your brain starts to tie these together. But long story short, she gives the kid the present. Everyone's looking. Everyone's having a great time. The kid opens the box. It's the dead cat. Because of course it is. Everyone's looking at her horrified. She looks like she hasn't slept in three days. She sees a girl sitting there doing the big smile that no one else can see. She starts screaming. She falls backwards into a table like fucking Chris Farley and cuts herself <laughs> up. Cut to her in the doctor's office looking at one of those pain charts on the walls like pain level zero and it has like a big smiling face and it does a slow zoom on that oh my God. and then cut <laughs> to a shot from fucking Midsommar where they're driving and like the whole POV of the landscape is like upside oh down God. I'm gonna start saying <laughs> like, it that way by the way I heard that yeah, absolutely. I th- yeah that was for you buddy I wanted you to like that that was right. for you like aping the style of these like prestige horror of like no but like the whole landscape's inverted because like the whole world turned upside down after a slow <laughs> menacing zoom on the smiling blue face on the pain scale isn't that just the intro <laughs> credits to devil yes it's <laughs> bro like the 10 minute it's yes like that's what it is the movie is a lot of that it is trying to be like this treatise on like carrying trauma and like how it haunts you and follows you until things happen but then also just like someone making that big dumb smiling face at you at the same time it is I can't tell much like Halloween ends I can't tell if it was good or bad it was incredible normie fodder because my sister and her boyfriend don't watch a lot of horror and they were having a wonderful time following falling for every single jump scare I was just cackling because I saw all the tricks it was trying to pull, but it was so earnest with them while being the dumbest thing I'd ever seen that it really did a lot for me. Uh, uh, definitely a movie to watch on streaming. I I probably wouldn't pay for it. Tell you what, Parker. Uh, I went to my homepage, GameRant.com, and they have a listicle oh, here nice. of 10 horror movies that if you like Smile, you should watch these. Uh, go ahead. Oh yeah. Go ahead, Alex. You have a question. Alex has a question. Is it game rant or gamer ant? It's game rant. It's fair. We're, we are, are gamers sure? who rant. Okay, so excuse right, me. So uh, I'm going to read these out to you. Uh, number ten. Uh, th- these are two words that Parker actually said. Uh, I don't know if he picked up on it. It follows very much. That it's all, that, it's yeah. It's it's uh, it's a lot yeah. of that. Number nine. Truth or dare. I think that's fairly obvious. Yes, <laughs> correct. Number eight, uh, a Korean movie called Oma, which means mother. I don't... Okay. Number seven... Uh, Ma. F- favorite of this podcast, Gothica. <laughs> Number six... I already forgot what the list was. What's the list movies, again? if you like Smile, you should uh, watch these too. Uh, number six okay. is a movie I've never seen called Polaroid. Number five is Dragon... Oh, is that the fucking Robin Williams one? 
don't know. Not nah, a one minute photo. Oh, yeah, I wish. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. All right. No, Never mind. I was, I was gonna say, like, what the yeah, fuck? Yeah. Number five is Drag Me to Hell. Uh, number four, The Purge. Number th- number nope. three. <laughs> Incorrect. <laughs> number three, The Ring. Uh, number two, a movie I've I never guess. even heard of called Goodnight Mommy. Yeah, you're fine. number one. Uh, you will not like Goodnight Mommy. Yeah, I, I promise you. It. I hope it's not on the list. Number one, The Invisible be. Man. That, yeah, it <laughs> sort of deals with trauma, and the lead is a woman. So whatever. Yeah, I'm not gonna. Yeah, I was expecting to be like way more teen jump scare movie. I wasn't expecting to try and have a message. Uh, whether or not that message is successful, and by whether or not, I mean. The movie ends with her facing her trauma and then killing herself, which, hey, good job, Boy, movie. That's a message right good job. there. I don't, I don't oh, oh, I finally did it. I vanquished my childhood trauma that's been haunting me my whole life. <laughs> now to light myself on fire. Now it's time the demon to has taken hold of me. <laughs> yeah, the third act is hella clumsy, but again, it's like, well. I mean, if you, you had a good time. more than I thought. It's like, you were trying more than I thought you would, so, yeah. you know, bonus points for trying, but I don't think I'll ever watch it again. But, like, it's something to check out on streaming. I went because it was on my father's dime. Who am I kidding? He offered me. I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> Let's go. I had a margarita pizza and a couple oh, of beers. Oh, man, I, I need time. a margarita pizza. Hell dude. yeah, dude. Uh, the last thing I'd like to talk about is uh, the reason I went to Austin. Obviously, it was to see family because I haven't been able to see him. I was mm-hmm. supposed to go out, but then I got COVID. But uh, there was an event happening out there just 20 minutes from where my parents live. Uh, Christopher, my friend... I saw Guar in concert. What the? F- oh man, buddy, <laughs> buddy, dude! <laughs> so much fake jizz and blood <laughs> raining on this crowd. What a magical evening that was! <laughs> this venue, like, I didn't look up the venue because I was like, "Oh, did you do some tiny indoor thing?" It's literally just like a fucking alleyway off in downtown Austin, where you just like go into this fence and there's a giant overhead tarp and then you go further back and there's a big old stage and it was the greatest thing I've ever seen in my Isn't life. Isn't that the venue that they went See, to in Wayne's World? It, I mean, kind of. <laughs> Just seeing those costumes in person <laughs> was absolutely magical. I don't know if you would enjoy the music, but it's truly a it has been a bucket list thing of like I would like to see this once before they're all too old to do oh, this yeah. anymore. Oh yeah, I might have to go. And I can't I can't tell you how much fun I had. Also, tickets were thirty dollars. Like that's that's a bargain. You lose right the money if you, you can't don't say go. no to that. Yeah, just to have the story, because my God, the he ejaculated so much blue alien jizz on that crowd. <laughs> we unfortunately could not get close enough to get covered in the alien jism. A uh, lot, a lot of old heads in that crowd that were super psyched as soon as they came on to force their way to the front. Oh, I believe it. Uh, the opening band is a band uh, my girlfriend loves called Necrogoblicon, in which their their mascot is a man in a goblin suit who uh, he does not sing, does not do backing vocals, does not play an instrument. He is simply a man in a goblin mask that just gets the crowd hyped for the entire set. It is the coolest gimmick I've ever seen in my life. There's just a man dressed as a goblin jumping on stage for the entire half hour. Uh, music is good again. Concerts are back, baby. <laughs> Let's fucking go. I, uh, yeah. I watched, uh, Halloween Ends. I saw Guar. I saw Deadstream twice in two days. We are, we are absolutely thriving right now. We are making this the best month of the year. 
Uh, Chris, you should absolutely go. You should go see Guar. You should get up close. <laughs> you should get up close. It's loud. I did, I knew. I recognized one song. Didn't know any of the lyrics to it. Doesn't matter. You just let the vibe hit you. You just feel the energy. Dance with all the forty-year-old men who are just trying to crowd kill. You know, or it's he, interesting because like I'm not oh, as yeah. much as I like music. I'm not really that much of a live music person. Mostly because all all my favorite bands are dead. But uh, after I saw that Guar documentary, which Again, if I haven't made it clear, Alex, you should check out that Gore documentary. You'd have a great time. I know. Uh, after I watched it, I was like, I think I need to see Gore. I, I, I really, it's the same thing like you. It's like, I really do need to see this before they all die. Like, Odorous is already dead, and I, I feel like i got to get in on that, you know? Like, their whole pre-show was just clips from that documentary. Oh, I bet. Several different puppets, depending on the song. Uh, the encore involved the Joe Biden puppet arguing with the Trump oh puppet and people getting decapitated and blood and then more puppet dudes came out and jacked off blood into the crowd while they were headbanging it was, it was magical man you, for $30 like think of how many dog shit movies you've spent $30 on to see at the Alamo with food included like you owe it to yourself Dude. just once yes. and uh, I just want this to end on this note canonically uh, since I was staying with my family that meant hey I don't have to pay for street parking. But that also means my mommy dropped me off to see a Guar concert. <laughs> and I wanted you to know that. And that's a thing that happened. And I want that on my team. That, that fucking owns. That was another reason I didn't get close enough. Could you imagine my dear sweet mother coming to pick up her beautiful son and his girlfriend? And we're just covered in fake blood and piss. Like, can we get in your backseat now? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, we're walking up. Well, I, I am jealous of you, so that's good. Yes. It's a powerful weekend. Okay. I am dead tired, and my feet ache in a way they have not hurt in decades. But you know what? Worth yeah. it. Okay, let's... Let's talk about the best movie of 2022. Let's guys. talk about, you know, if I if I were to play a clip right now, which I don't have downloaded, but it'd be the clip from uh, Dumb and Dumber. It's like, you do something like this and totally redeem yourself. <laughs> after after <laughs> Day of Reckoning, we go on to Deadstream, which is, uh, shall we say, a much better movie. Not just a better movie to like to talk about, although I actually think we had a pretty good conversation about Day of Reckoning. But Deadstream is so much more pleasant to watch, although... Most movies are more pleasant to watch than the Day of Reckoning. I'm sorry, I don't even mean to open up that wound or anything, but let's just talk about the opening of this movie, which is exactly what I wanted. Because I've been talking about, like, fucking streamer culture, like, like not just Twitch, but mostly, like, YouTubers. I've always been, like, really annoyed with the idea of YouTubers. Like, talk about, like, the fucking YouTube thumbnail things. They always have to make some stupid face. And it's, like, pre-selected. Like, who's that? For? Chris Stuckman has, like, pre-selected faces, whether based on, like, how much he enjoyed a movie or something. Uh, they they have these awful advertisement segments, and it's, it all feels so plastic in a way. And he's doing all this, and they really do parody that well. And later on, it gets to be more Twitch-focused, and I don't really watch Twitch, so only a little bit was lost on me there. But not enough, like, I would, like... And even if you don't watch Twitch, you could basically get what's going on with, like, the Twitch segments. But the opening YouTube stuff, I just want to talk about the stunts he's pulling off. I got, like, severe jackass vibes. When he did the Baby Moses Challenge, that's one of the funniest <laughs> fucking things I've seen in any movie this year. Alright? That was hysterical. And this is only on streaming, right? This isn't in the theaters? Which I guess makes sense. This is probably something that's... This is like one of those rare yeah. movies that's probably better watched on a laptop. Oh, yeah. Like, like this is a, this is a movie where, like, you want to be, like, 
chatting with somebody about what you're watching right you're yeah. watching it. it's like kind of what yeah, makes it like so you can kind of like get yourself into the mood here but i thought it was one of the most effective skewerings of youtubers that i i think i've ever seen uh this guy is uh <laughs> So, remember when I was talking about Roger Rabbit and how he's too annoying to really like? This guy is deliberately annoying, and yet I kind of liked him more for it. Like, this guy is so fucking irritating with his fucking voice. And he calls himself... Did he... What does he call himself? I think he calls himself the world's biggest wussy or whatever. And, uh... I, at some point, I couldn't tell if it was, like, a put-on or if he was elevating it just to be a nuisance for, like, the Twitch thing or whatever. But I also didn't care because every single time you hear his girly little well, screams. Well, well, let me answer your question. He absolutely also, was. Yeah, that's so. I kind of fucking... You know, the weird thing about it, this guy, this is going to sound weird, like, the more this goes along, I think he's the most likable horror protagonist we've had since Ashley Williams. I, I just love that he rides that line of like this dude sucks so fucking bad but you're also like hey man she got the house like come on you, yeah. you don't have to go through this come on man it's gonna be okay this is and like that's so important when you make a movie like this like uh, cause you know we know like, like even though none of us probably watch this type first on YouTube like we all have an idea of like who this person is making fun of like we know he's like making fun of like the Paul brothers yeah, yeah, yeah. and fucking Mr. Beast mm-hmm. and all these people but like you know, when fucking Logan Paul fights Evander Holyfield, like, yeah, there's like a 30% chance that I want, you know, Logan Paul to win. Like, that'd be funny. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and like, that's the vibe that's captured here perfectly. It's like, yeah, fuck this guy. But also, like, wouldn't it be funny if he made it out? Which is like the whole fucking idea of this content engine. Like, that's the brilliance of doing something like this. Oh, yeah, if that Paul brother beats Anderson Silva, I'm going to drive Mac to suicide. Like, <laughs> oh, exactly. Don't get it like, how could you not? Like, yeah, that will break him. Oh, uh, I guess we can move on to the next part. I just wanted to, like, I, I try not to go, we don't actually have to go in order here, although I, oh, that might help, but there are a couple things that stood out to me. One, there's a Ghost Dad reference in the first five minutes. He was only able to, wa- he was only able to watch the first hour of Ghost Dad before he got too scared and turned it off, which is one of the funniest things I've ever heard. Fuck, oh, man, that fucking, if you guys... I wish I could have done that. I fucking bet you do. Uh, and uh, also... I had to freeze frame it for uh, the note that his mom left him for that sandwich. It's like, Sean, you're still a douchebag, but I love you anyway. Love, mom. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, his bright idea, uh, for anyone who's interested in the plot, uh, Sean, this YouTuber who was canceled at one point and banned from Twitch and YouTube, but was able to get his account back. Uh, he, He decides, I'm gonna go to a haunted house all by myself and lock myself in and uh, it'll be scary and I'll live stream myself and uh, like and subscribe. Before he goes in there, he takes out the spark plugs to his vehicle so he can't drive away. Fucking so good. It's so he good. He throws them in the Stupid forest. Asshole. That's the kind of fucking stunt these people do. Of course. <laughs> but like, like, obviously you're watching this like, oh, well those clearly aren't his real spark plugs. Why would someone do that? But... They yeah. actually are, which makes this fucking own. And he gets in there and he padlocks the door shut and drops the key into a little hole in the ground. Uh, and then he's going through the house, which I kind of like that they just, like, get to it, you know? There's not a whole lot of... Uh, in, in any other far worse movie, there'd be a lot of, who is this character that we're following? But 
we know. We saw it in the first two and a half minutes. We know who this guy is, you know? And that's all that we need. So he's setting up... Uh... God, I want to be, be smuggled across the border so Dude. badly. <laughs> <laughs> that fucking love that it was like, in the later on, it was like, I know it wasn't sensitive for me to smuggle myself across the border, but I'm like, is it like, yeah, I was like, oh, is that racist? Like, I would watch that, though. I, w- I would absolutely fucking, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Like, that's why these people make yeah. the big bucks. I get it. Yeah. I understand. You're willing to do things yeah. that I'm not. Like, it's cool. I might do the Baby Moses challenge. <laughs> <laughs> the best part of the Baby Moses challenge is he's like, young the can whole we, way Can too. we do a live episode of that? Like, like just all of us doing the Baby yeah. Moses challenge. Oh, by the challenge. way, the last footage that it shows of his uh, thing before he got canceled, or whatever the equivalent is, is he was doing a thing called Spuds to My Nuds. <laughs> <laughs> potato got his dick and ball uh, it comes back yeah. later alright so uh, he goes into this haunted house and uh, I have to admit I don't really care too much about the story it's whatever I think I think maybe the uh, director and writer cared a little bit more about the story than I did uh, Um. so first of all or like the same. background story like, that made it more fun second of all incredibly crucial found footage indoors component that needs to be just like every person that fucking makes one of these movies over the next 30 years because they're going to keep making them just like fucking hammer this into your brains having a map of the house is super super important let's see the character fucking walk around so we know where everything is so when they're running around fucking losing their minds like we know what's up I fucking hate when it's like Alright, well, I don't know where the fuck he is right now. In this, the house is small. There's, like, eight fucking rooms. He's got a fucking map he puts in front of the camera. You see where everything's at. It's like, alright, cool. Well, he's gonna go here. And then he's gonna go down the steps. He's gonna be here. And he's gonna be in this room. And then, oh, there's a room we didn't know about that's down here. And now he's in this, nude in this room. And the door's over here. And, like, yeah. <laughs> exactly. I like that when he held up the map to the camera, like, two of them had question marks on them. He didn't know it was in those rooms. So yeah. he's going through, and he's using duct tape. I don't remember what he was using duct tape for, but I... There's a throwaway line that he says. It's like, when I was in eighth grade, I made a wall of duct tape. Still proud of it. And I'm, it's just such an odd thing to say. <laughs> it's one of those things that sort of sticks with you, you know? It's like you kind of understand what this person is. I, yeah, this is a guy that had a duct tape right, wall exactly. in high school. Like, yeah. I know oh, that. yeah. Like, yeah. That's, the yeah. other thing is, like, there are a lot of little lines like that that sort of help build the character. Like, when he's walking to the house, he sees barbed wire. He's like oh, watch out for the barbed wire, or as my mom says, Bob Wire. And I'm like, <laughs> I know so much about this guy just from that line of dialogue, you know? Yep. Anyway, uh, one of the ghosts in the house, he is decided to nickname Corner Man, which I think is kind of, as far as nicknames go, is uh, right up there with the Bye Bye Man. I want to <laughs> emphasize, you know, there is a special friend who will join him later on, and she stands in the corner, which is uh, where his corner is, and I, I, I know Mods? I'm skipping ahead here. When she stands in his corner, he says to her, "No, don't stand there. That's his spot. You're disrespecting it." <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was one of the funniest things I've ever heard. <laughs> Sounds like something Alex would say if we if we were in that. <laughs> don't disrespect corner man. <laughs> And then, so here's the weird thing about this movie, which is obviously, like, a comedy. And, you know, the interesting thing, actually, is, uh, Alex, you've said uh, several episodes back that you really don't like the genre of horror comedies. And this is, like, one of those rare exceptions, well, right? It, well, l- let me be clear yeah. when I say that. 
I mostly just don't like the things that horror nerds think yeah. are funny. Correct. Like, the idea of making a horror movie that is funny, no problems whatsoever. But they're just... They're yeah, funny. well, like, so this is one of those movies that uh, is definitely very funny. This isn't for Th- This them. movie is definitely very, very funny. But it also has one of the scariest moments in any movie I've watched this year. And that's when the guy reaches into his backpack. He says, I made a wheel for this. I, my <laughs> heart fucking stopped. Dude, if spirits. this I is like if at the very end of fucking Blair Witch, that guy's like standing in the, cor- the corner, man. If, if I had heard the rattling of dice, I, I would have fucking left my apartment. <laughs> Forget it, just watch the ghost of an ancient pharaoh playing (laughs) the game. Oh my god, if they they found that fucking crawl space and went down, just like you started seeing hieroglyphics on the walls with like little torches, like what would you have done? (laughs) I was like, oh my god, is that a a blue eyes white dragon? (laughs) Get the fuck out of here. I saw this coming. (laughs) No, the rat stole my weed! My grandfather's deck has no pathetic cards. <laughs> okay, so anyway, so he's streaming and he's setting up like a bunch of cameras everywhere, which is really good because, like you said, like the the layout of this house, the fact that we know where everything is, that makes it a lot easier to be like, oh no, he's going to go over to this part again and more bad things are going to, etc. Right? Anyway, uh, also, I, I like it every single time he'll turn and he'll look at something and you hear him shriek like a little girl. I know that's, like, the one of the oldest jokes in the book. Like, they were doing that shit in, like, the 30s and 40s with Abbott and Costello. But it's still funny. It's still funny hearing a grown man shriek like a little bitty eight-year-old girl, you know? He's, he turns around, he sees, like, a coat hanging on a wall. It's, like, the least scariest thing you've ever seen. And I can't I can't do it. I can't get as high-pitched as he can. But it's so funny to hear. And uh, I think that's, like, one of my favorite parts of this movie. Anyway, I guess we should talk about a special friend, Chrissy. <laughs> so this is maybe the most unrealistic part of uh, the movie. He has a female viewer. This guy, really? I, I... yeah, absolutely. Oh, no. I, I, no, 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 no. This totally works because she absolutely reads this female horror fan. They exist. Some of them are attractive. They're all fucking psychos. Like that. This is this is a real like person archetype. Uh, My eyes just darted towards the door <laughs> frantically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, Parker knows. Park. I... Oh, anyway, yeah. no comment. She doesn't know this. Correct. So your friends are talking about me again. Anyway, uh, yeah. So she comes in there and uh, she kind of feels like a nostalgia critic fan the whole time that she's talking. She's got like stupid buttons on her uh, jacket, and there's like kind of a dead giveaway when you watch it. Like one of her buttons says uh, "dead inside." And you're like, oh, she's like the kindred spirit of Mildred. Anyway, yeah, the the girl comes in and they're exploring the house and he puts a a camera on her head. She has to look around. And uh, I do like that he was plainly uninterested in her. Uh, I I did like the fact that he wasn't like hitting on her. He he was just like kind of annoyed that she was ruining his show. (laughs) (laughs) Babe, we've been married for two years. Please have sex with me. No, I'm scared. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's my all-time favorite one of those memes. (laughs) It's so good. <laughs> I, th- I like that he was getting scared by everything and she doesn't even, like, make any noises. But again, like, she's, like, one of the fucking... She's a kid for spirit of Mildred or whatever. The shrieks he yeah. makes are so good. Because you can tell, like, some of them are played up. Like, oh, that's so scary. And then, like, 
within 10 minutes was like, oh, very funny, guys. Let me roll back the footage. And then immediately it's like, this is not a joke. I need to get the fuck out of here right yeah, now. Alex, I have a question. Yes, Alex. Uh, Parker, did this remind you of a certain friend of ours watching The Shining with us on yes. Netflix Party Watch? <laughs> he had all a, I could think about this whole real, fucking movie. real bad night with us. <laughs> hey, bro. Hey, did, yo, what's that in the background there? Do you see that? For two Ooh. hours. <laughs> bad friends. Didn't we watch Kangaroo Jack immediately after that? Yes, sir. <laughs> that was a good night. A good night. So there's a moment in this movie. Sun coming up during Kangaroo there, Jack. So there, yeah, so there's a moment Sorry. in this movie where they're like, oh, let's go explore the secret crawl space, which uh, you know I'm a big fan of secret crawl spaces. And they find Same. Mildred's old diary. Oh, wait, it's not her diary. It's just a book of poems. And she's like, oh, come on, read one. And I'm like, all right. I'm like, oh, are you proud of this? And he reads it up, and like, oh, these poems are boring. And you can, like, see her smile, like, slightly fade. <laughs> she's like, hey. <laughs> yeah, this is... I am, you know... I don't say many nice things about my wife on the show, but I was very proud of her for knowing within, like, five minutes. It's like, oh, Yeah, you can kind of... Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, to I, be yeah, fair... I mean, you know, like, we didn't yeah, watch well, the trailer, oh, so... Well. Like, <laughs> Perspicacious. How'd you figure? So uh, later, when uh, she's gonna, he puts a camera on her, and he says, "Oh, let's split up, gang." And she's like, "You said we shouldn't split up." And he's just like, "Yeah, well, I just changed my mind. Now we gotta do it." She's like, "Okay, here's what you gotta do. You gotta, you gotta read one of the poems." It's like, "No, they're boring." She's like, "No, they're not." I kind of like that she was doing it. It's like the the ghost was actually kind of whiny. The ghost is vulnerable in some way. I I think that's like a way better version of this, you know. The ghost being an annoying little shit who just wants people to hear her poetry is a pretty good bit. Honestly. Oh, yeah. Great. Like, 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 yeah, you know, if there are spirits haunting these houses, they should have personalities. Like, they shouldn't just be all like, mm-hmm. like, that doesn't make any fucking sense. Ooh, like, yeah. I'm a metaphor for your trauma. Yeah, thanks. Got it. Yeah. Ten episodes later. No, it's just a ghost. It's, you know. Oh, sounds like somebody's watching Midnight oh. Club. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> <man>. <laughs> I tapped I'll out after Blind Manor. Uh, yeah, that was... That, yeah. Oh, what a whiff. Yeah. Goddamn. Anything good happened? Anyway, so... Uh, yeah, anyway, <laughs> she is revealed to be a ghost. Oh, yeah, by the way, I did like how when he spins the thing, it lands in between. He's like, okay, spin it again. She's like, no, no. You, you, gotta, gotta, do you gotta do both. Which is... That's actually in the rule book. So uh, I, I really respect that this, this uh, ghost, you know, reads Man, I, Probably a lot of fun to play I board really games hope that they're... Uh, ghost, if you're listening, like... Uh, there might be some wheel spins there, later. Uh, we would love to have your I influence. I hope there wasn't like some kind of games. mod to the to wheelspinner.com where it can land in between two uh, things. <laughs> and, uh, you have to watch both a Kevin James movie and uh, a movie that's below 3.0 on IMDb. Oh, so one yeah. movie. <laughs> Those even next to each other? Uh, pitch it to him uh-huh. underhand. Anyway. Oh, weird. You hit the line between Kevin James and Free Space. Oh. Uh <laughs> I don't know what means to do with that. Watch, I don't This is just free guy. Is he in that movie? I don't know. Anyway. Never um, again. <laughs> free guy and also pixels. Ugh. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm uh, leaving. Anyway, she is revealed to be a ghost. Uh, she starts uh, <laughs> She starts biting him on the neck. And uh, I kind of like that. It's You can see how low budget this is. But you can see how low budget it is in a way that's kind of charming. I was actually reminded of the Evil Dead movies, at least the first two. Like, you can see that these are dummies and these are just models and whatever, but, like, someone worked hard on these, you know? Someone worked, these are practical models. Someone, you know, worked hard, like, painting all the makeup on there and everything. 
and it's better for it. It's a lot more interesting to look at. And you can see, like, this is tactile. If someone leans too hard on this, it'll break. So they had to be really careful. So it's that's one way that you can see the effort put into this. And I would go a step further with that. Because I think it's really important for the fact that this is, like, a live stream. Because, like, when I see that, all I'm thinking about is the people in the chat going, fake, mm-hmm. fake, that's not real. And, and like... It make it enhances the experience. If everything in this movie looked too real, it wouldn't work. I, I think of this, you know, not that these movies should be compared, but, like, I think about, like, Gonjim Haunted Asylum mm-hmm. a lot, which is a movie where everything feels extremely real. Obviously, there's no chat. Like, it's also mm-hmm. a web show, but the fact that the chat comes into play means, like, you are also thinking the whole time as if you were somebody watching this for real. And that's the big difference between this and like other kinds of found footage movies like how would i react if i were here watching this and like yeah that's the kind of shit i'd be typing and that's it's effective like i know it's low budget but like they use that as an advantage in this movie yeah uh you know so he so when she bites him and he's bleeding all over the place and he takes out a piece of the wall and stabs her in the neck I kind of thought that she was dead. I thought that would have been a really good thing. It was just like when she could just be killed. Dead. I, I like the idea that like, it's kind of back to like my thing about robots. I don't like robots because I don't like the idea that they have super strength. That it, that's the way it is in all of these things. The same thing happens with demons. They can all fly. Vampires, the same thing. And this one, he can kind of kick her ass, you know? And she does keep getting back up, but she does keep harassing him throughout. But he gets a drop on her a couple times, and it's fun to watch and, that way. And I, I happen to like that. And also... If that was a real female horror fan that actually drove all the way out there to interrupt his show, like, she probably would bite him. That's yes. kind of how they act. <laughs> uh, one person listening who feels a pang of relatability to that, earmuffs. <laughs> you really hate to see it. <laughs> Happen to the best of us, and also him. <laughs> well, uh... <laughs> Anyway, he gets his he gets tossed out of that house, I guess like the kid in Halloween thirteen. Uh and he, I have to admit this guy <laughs> Dude We prefer the term he oh, I guess. Dude, that fucking the shot yeah. of the camera outside is he just hurls himself out that window is so fucking funny. Yeah, it's good. It's real good. <laughs> pause for a second because i want to talk about one of my other favorite parts Mm -hmm. of this movie which is uh the people making videos and posting. oh that's a good one yeah yeah yeah. that is good in the chat like i fucking love that as a plot device um just like that is how this would play out if this guy was as famous as we are Mm -hmm. led to believe like there would be all these reaction videos from fucking 12 year olds who don't know shit about shit but like you know they have something to say and then other people click those and they're like hey watch this like that that's kind of like how the snowball effect goes also that first time we see the little ghost kid on the bed i was half expecting to turn around and look like the little kid from the youtube video which would have been a great twist but uh they did something else cool by the way a little thing about that they have the the young kid the first one that they show who looks like he's like 11 years old he says the word pagan but he pronounces it wrong he says pagan instead I fucking love yes. that. I, I that sounds like something an eleven year old because he's never he doesn't know what it's supposed to be like. Exactly. And it's like you know, other movies don't do that. Other movies don't let kids be kids and say shit wrong. And the the fact that they put it in there and they never address it like he doesn't interrupt and says, by the way, it's actually pronounced big it's I like it just the way that it is. 
So that worked for me. It's not like, yeah, it's a little bit funny, whatever. But it's also like, that makes it feel like a, a kid who would watch this sort of thing, you know? Also, I really the other one I preferred was I like the grandma that they showed. <laughs> it <was> like, <laughs> That's what I was about to bring up. Just imagine some kid watching this live stream, and be like, "Grandma, Grandma, explain this." And be like, oh, "Nah, you're already dead." Yeah, she buddy. was like, "I don't know." Who Did you she are, say but he was like, over. "Oh, he's dead as shit." <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, so he he's like, "Oh, I gotta get out of here. Oh, I gotta leave. Oh, god!" And he goes back to his car, which I think is a jeep or something, and he has to go look for his spark plugs in the woods and. He comes across some sort of little, I guess, legless demon or whatever. Fucking yeah. Gollum. I was going to say, it looks like Gollum. Looking for his yeah. spark plugs. Like. <laughs> While well, he grabs the spark plugs and goes, oh, oh, oh. And then the sheriff comes out and he's like, oh, that's the sheriff. He's got the mustache from the picture, you know, whatever. And he beats the demon by kicking it in the nuts. <laughs> <laughs> I love that, like, by this point in the movie the chat understands that it's real ghosts and they're looking up at the pictures oh, yeah. of all these guys and so like within like 15 seconds of the sheriff showing up they're like that's not a real sheriff like like and like posting the picture it's just like a wall of the fucking picture in the chat um i love the chat yeah. so much that's and, and like obviously if this were like a real live stream the chat would have been going much much mm-hmm. faster great artistic decision to make it so you can oh yeah i never had a pause that's you so know? important yeah yeah it's so Which, important. Like, like, good, yeah. Even the ones that don't matter, like like somebody posting, he smells like balls, LOL. Like, you see it. <laughs> oh, Alex goes, is oh, just, like, oh, hyping the oh, fact oh, that he got oh, a writing credit on yeah. the show. <laughs> I, I will say... I, you did not see a single hydrant I think the, in the, the chat, best... So I, I think we could all agree that the best line in the whole thing was, uh, please sign this change.org petition to get Sean to stop being such a pussy. <laughs> <laughs> really I'm going to start using that with all my friends. <laughs> I just, I, we touched on it earlier, but I think it's such a great touch that, like, the first, like, reveal that something is wrong is the chat just made me a screenshot going, bro, something's on camera. Like, something's out there. And it'd be like, okay, guys, very funny. You're all fucking with me. And then as soon as he realizes it's real, like, half the chat is on his side researching demonology. And the other half is like, stop being such a pussy, gay wad. Because <laughs> it's a good mix. It's what you yeah. want out of a movie. There's, like, like the little stuff that sort of adds the color. I think, like Alex mentioned, like, there's a, like, a woman will have, uh, or, or someone will post, uh, like, check out my OnlyFans or some some shit, you know, like the spam stuff that comes in there. It's like, yeah, that that's in there. I guess it's a little bit like Spree. I think Spree was a little bit more subtle with some of this stuff and maybe a little bit funnier with it. But the change.org thing made me laugh harder. So uh, that, I, that, that one so alone is going to, you know, that wins a lot for me. Anyway, he just... Like, I love his, sorry, his commitment to trying to not get demonetized. Yeah, for that half was the movie. so fucking funny, dude. Oh my <laughs> Such god. Such a Thank good little bit that. to add to it. What yeah. the F? Oh, <laughs> she's such a C. <laughs> Yeah, like yeah. encountering an actual honest to god ghost <laughs> stabbing a woman in the, in the neck and be like what the f was that you guys because he needs that one sponsor he still has the other one is the fucking when he he goes to the house the first time he says oh shit uh, i mean uh, sorry s yeah oh, oh my god i need the money and then he looks and he says oh great i got swearing and drugs <laughs> <laughs> Chekhov's heroin needles. (laughs) When he goes back for the heroin needle later in order to put holy water in something to stab the ghost. Like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, What a call. A callback that I'm never, ever, ever expecting in that spot because it just seems like a joke. Like, thank you. Well, uh, 
we should. I, I feel like I'm skipping some things. I hope I'm not. But when he goes into his own car and he's hiding from uh, the sheriff ghost, uh, who, by the way, got his shit rocked. He puts the camera on a stick of uh, Slim Jim and he calls it Beef Cam. That was one of my favorite things <laughs> I've seen typed into a movie's upper left hand corner. <laughs> Multiple things in this movie. I love all the different yeah. cameras. Uh, Spear, Spear Cam, cam was great. <laughs> one of the greatest things I've ever seen in my life. So he goes back into the house because, uh, you know, you gotta. And. Uh, he really fucks up Mildred. He uh, he gets a drop on her a couple of times, and then she gets a drop on him and uh, waterboards him with his own piss, as Alex mentioned. <laughs> I love her obsession with just jamming a finger. That was so nuts. fucking funny, especially the second time, because the finger starts like going, like, just trying to get up there. <laughs> he's just like, he's not even like, scared. He's just like, yeah, why? Yeah, like, why are you, what are you doing, doing that? that <laughs> it's just being annoying. <laughs> I was reminded of Army of Darkness with, like, the skeleton hands coming out of the ground (laughs) trying to poke him in the eye. This has one of my... Anyway, this is why Jalen Hurts needs to start over Garden Minshew. (laughs) One of my favorite little touches for a movie like this is after he gets, like, all the blood and violence shit all over his face, that his eye just keeps swelling up for the rest of the movie and getting grosser and grosser. I thought that was because he eats the eye in the bathtub. I thought oh, that was shit. like, oh, that's him. That I, I, <laughs> yeah. I guess. Yeah, that, that, I'm, I'm not really sure I, I where mean, they were going like, with that. It's a stretch, yeah. but it's the yeah. same. Because I noticed at first, like, I was like, oh, that's a cute little touch. It's kind of small. And then, like, five minutes later, it's just this. I, it might be like a little bit of mix of. Yeah. It's like, oh shit, he must have eaten his own eye. There's no way he's a fucking eyeball in that corpse that was in the bathtub for 200 years. Yeah, but like. it's so swollen. I, I I don't know. Anyway, well, I, I have. Well, if okay, if you're listening to this and you've eaten your own eyeball, write in the chat, you know. Uh, please post a yeah, YouTube video. Help us, to your yeah, help us figure us. out what's going on here. Uh, <laughs> all right, so uh, I guess we could talk about the ending really briefly, where he's just like, all right, I defeat the ghost boss. And uh, before he could leave, he's confronted by all the other demons in the house, most of which, I, I'm going to be honest, I could kick the shit out of these guys. <laughs> oh, 100%. <laughs> well, I mean, they, they, they serve him now. He did the ritual. Oh. Now his, which is... Yeah. Yeah. They're not coming to kill him. They're just like, father. Oh, that was what was going Oh, Oh, right, yeah, right, right, yeah, right. Yeah, oh, yeah. right, Because yeah. he did the ritual I, to bind all the spirits yeah. in the house. I, I, this is yeah. what I get for not, oh, damn, do you I'm watch not really yeah. paying attention to the story. Whenever he started talking about the ancient book of Samael or whatever, I was just like, okay, whatever, I don't fucking care. Look, him putting a camera on the ghost and then typing Mildred camera <laughs> and then deleting it, typing Mild dead yeah. camera... And then us getting a POV of the ghost being dragged into hell or whatever. A hundred stars. A plus plus. No, that was really good. You did it, guys. Just as the use of all the cameras and be like, oh, this is a weird situation. Let me just stick a camera on it real quick. Oh, wait. I I think a. And just how it paid off. Parker, I think a ghost got Alex. Oh, oh my God. He's been taken. Oh, my fucking Lord. What happened? Well, while he's gone, let's talk. Let's talk about house. a scene that uh, we all loved. And you mentioned this last week, and it was great. There's no need for the game of games. Don't worry about it. Yeah, uh, show's over. Anyway, right. uh, join us right. next week for uh, this yeah, move yeah, for the 1940s. Yeah. Anyway, uh, there's a there's nope. a scene we forgot to mention. Like Parker mentioned this last week, and it's such a good fucking scene. It does like that stupid like. One year ago, this footage was found or whatever. It's it's printed on a t-shirt. It pulls back. It's just printed on that fucking t-shirt. <laughs> the fact that he has the t-shirt printed before he ever steps foot inside. 
incredible that, fit. That, yeah. Also, Alex, when he stood up, that was the first time I noticed your shirt. That is an incredible fit. It's so good. Yeah, my Look. wife bought bought this for me. Oh, Look at all so those good. sweet Godzilla boys. Yeah. That's such a good me shirt. And also yeah. the boys. I love it. I'm did sorry. you? Sorry to did you? Did you show Alex the VHSs you got from your parents' place? Oh hell yeah, dude! I snuck two fucking old school Godzilla VHS tapes. Yeah, hell yeah. Godzilla versus Mothra and everyone's favorite Godzilla's Revenge. The one with baby Godzilla. Love to see it. Uh, yes, sir. Well, uh, anyway, this movie. Yeah, twelve out of ten. Yeah, watch, watch this. I will episode. be showing it to everyone I can think yeah. of. You know, it's interesting. I, I apparently Both like Spree didn't get like the best critical reception. A lot of people aren't really that into it, which I don't really understand because like we all liked it. This one, I think, is going to be different. I think people, if they watch Deadstream, they're going to be like, oh, this is really good. Except, like, maybe YouTubers will yeah, be the like, fact that's that, not what I sound like. Yeah, Shudder is, like, $5 a month, but they give away free trials, like Alex said, like with, crazy. With like, Panera. It is not going to be hard in October to get someone to watch this, and I think this is going to go high up on the list, like, you don't have to love it, but if you watch it and you hate it, it's going to be like, oh, we don't gel at right, all. Right, yeah. It goes high up on the list with Black Dynamite and also G Gundam. Of like, hey, if you like watch this and hate this, we don't, we don't really gel together. Sorry, man. I don't want to tell you. You're wrong. All right. Uh, in that case, let's move on to the game of games. Three thirty in the fucking. We were oh, taking uh, a sneak peek here at uh, this week's uh, slate of games, and boy yeah. howdy, yeah. yeah, about that. Not not a lot of games, which is not optimal. Right. Slim pickings. Share this for the boys. Uh. Um. So, uh, you know, as you can see, these are the teams that were chosen last week. Some people made out better than others. I've never made uh, out. Some of us actually managed to go below 500. Thank you, Tom Brady. <laughs> you piece of human excrement. <laughs> so before anything else, I will be spinning the wheel. Now, uh, keep an eye on your totals here for your wins that you have available yeah. to spend. Because mm -hmm. uh, you might want to cash some of these mm -hmm. in. I don't know. But uh, I'm going to spin first. So, uh, Chris, go oh, ahead. All right. When, uh, all right. In three, two, one, go. Well, movie, you like musical. movies and you like musicals, so you know this is probably going to be good. I, I do like yeah. both of those things, so uh, I'll have to find one that I haven't already been assigned. And so watch like a 1930s, so, you know, like a Ginger no, Rogers. My favorite. Uh, does anybody want to spend any of their things on assignments? Uh -oh. I am going to. <laughs> um, so I mean, you guys open the yeah, floodgates. Okay. I'm going to be nice. Uh, Chris, I look at my, my calendar right now, and it is October 19th. We are running out of time on 2022. I know you were the kind of person who cares more than zero about coming up with a reasonable end-of-year list for things that you liked most in a year. So I am just going to make sure that you watch RRR before the end Ooh. of this year. That is worth five things to me. You will have a great time. I cannot wait well, to talk good about news. It. That one was already on my watch list. So I also, but, but the good news I know. is that the fact I know. that you uh, just... put it on there means I'm probably going to kick it up to try to get to it before the end of the year. Like obviously before I uh, stupid golden award season, but like 
Yeah, that's obviously one I have been like raring to get to. I so I had a friend watch it uh, for the first time earlier today, and just like talking to him about it, it's like, yeah, this is probably my favorite thing that came out this year. And like, there's been a oh, lot. Yeah, of this is a good year for movies. Year. So like, I I'm I I know for a fact you will love this movie, and I want you to watch it as soon as possible. And that's worth. An Speaking of me, Indian so. movies, uh, if you want to use a good one for your. Uh, movie musical one three idiots if you haven't already seen it be a good one i will yeah. look into or, that or you know whatever i enjoyed it and look <laughs> at me <laughs> it'll make you oh, yeah were you one of them <laughs> yes it's a movie about this podcast you see like a camera over my shoulder <laughs> all right any other assignments this week any other wheel spins what do you guys got for me or Parker, each other i'll let you go first hey chris do you want to watch a good movie yes You've watched a lot of Coen Brothers stuff, uh, right? Yeah. Have you seen Blood Simple? I have not seen one? Blood Simple, so I'm going to do that. You should, Ooh, you you should, you should do that. That's uh... all right. We we yeah. putting that in? Yeah. Absolutely. Pack sealed. And because uh, I've seen shockingly few, but even I've seen that one, and I would like to talk yeah. about it at yeah. great length. And uh, let's make things interesting, Parker. Uh, you're going to watch the monsters. I would like to resend uh, my last pick. You have, you can, you can, you've got enough mm. to do something else. Mm. <laughs> hey, I mean, mm. the, the wheels, wheel only costs four. Yeah, wheel, wheel, let the wheel decide. Wheel? That, all, right. all right, we have decided right. to take all right. down this roll. All right, in three, two, one, go. Oh man, that's two. <laughs> Jinkies. Well, maybe you should get on the first one then. Damn. I, I I mean I am caught up on all of my 2022 assignments. <sighs> yeah, they are all on my desktop. <laughs> I could not yeah. watch them while yeah. driving. <laughs> I thought about yeah. it though. I'll get around to mine. I, I. Kevin no- James uh, slash Kevin Smith yeah. for the listeners. Oh. Uh, hey, can I assign him anything else? Uh, you only have three. God so. damn it! All right, That's uh, fine. next week. This I'm is sure good. Yeah, this right. just lets him stew on it. This lets him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've already got it picked out. Don't oh. worry. Oh boy. Well, I mean, two of us were nice. This uh, is look. This is one where Parker has made it like abundantly clear that if this happens, something terrible will happen. I, you know, just make it like. Well, it's not going to happen yeah, to me, so. so I don't care. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, our draft order mm-hmm. this week. Unless Chris wants to do anything with his uh, nine remaining assignment points. Oh, good for now. Um, I good for now? All right. I have the first pick. Parker has the second pick. Chris has the third pick. And, uh, guys, it's week seven. It's time to get serious. No more fucking around. I will choose the New England Football Patriots with the first overall pick. Damn, he's getting serious. Well, ladies and germs. Boy, it's just... <laughs> Surely, my Packers won't <laughs> fail me this week. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. All right, two for Chris. Okay. What do you got, buddy? Uh, in that case, I'm going to... Oh, boy. I just saw the Texans-Raiders thing. Oh, that doesn't look good. Uh, yeah. I'm going to try. I'm going to take my New York football Jets uh, over... Jets at Denver. Yeah, Denver's okay. not very good at football. Uh yeah. Uh, who else is uh, isn't any good? Uh, oh, 
You know, Tom Brady very rarely uh, plays two bad games in a row, so let's go ahead and take him. Never count out yeah, touchdown, yeah. Tom. Him over the Panthers, what could possibly go wrong? I'm so happy I don't have the Packers or the Buccaneers. <laughs> they haven't been Parker, great for you. Your choice. Yeah. Although they refuse to get Lamar any weapons, <laughs> I think my Ravens will win this week. Just The only reason he's playing bad is because they didn't give him the extension, and now he's sad. Uh, yeah, uh, of course, yeah, you know. Um, well, I guess I'm going to take the fighting Dak Prescott this week. Give me the Cowboys. And... Alright, who's oh. not going to make it back to me? This is... Man, I just, I don't know what Miami cool Right, exactly. <laughs> Alright, All right, fine, I'll take the Bengals. Falcons are good. This is a mistake, but, you know, whatever. It's not about taking the best teams. It's about taking the most interesting ones. Well, and if that's the case, one of you guys should pick this New Orleans at Arizona game. I'll, I, I no. might touch that. I might, I might, uh... Well, I might, might run out of options. Uh, it's all you, buddy. God damn it. All right. Uh, Parker, <laughs> what do you got for us, brother? Uh, tab back again. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see who got taken already. <laughs> okay. I got a couple right on my mind. I'm just like, mm. uh, I guess Chargers. There, there's a couple that I'd be happy just with. Just because Chargers? Seattle can't play in afternoons, so I'll have to just hope the three starters that the Chargers have left can hold off. I don't off. like that. You know? <laughs> uh, I don't like any of these. Chris. <laughs> I like a couple of okay, these. Tell to you be what, uh, I'm going to take uh, the New York Football Giants. Uh, two New York teams. Giants at yeah, Jacksonville. Could possibly go wrong. And uh, oh, I had another. Oh yeah, make T- it a big double. What? I was big thinking double? it. I was thinking I was going to go big double, but instead, <laughs> I'm going to touch that uh, that Thursday night game. I'm going to take uh, the New Orleans Saints. All right, Parker, you are up. I don't feel good about it, but I will take my Chiefs. Oh, that's a good one. I don't feel great. That's, that's probably that's, a good pick, yeah. Actually. I mean, that's yeah. the correct pick. Yeah. Um, all right, so I have two here. Let me think. I guess I'm taking the Dolphins first. And for the double points, there's actually a couple teams I like, which is a problem. Um, As much as I want to take the Broncos, I will take my Raiders. Man, oh man. Ugh. staring at this fucking list (laughs) Jesus Christ you know Jacksonville's favored this week are they really? why? yeah they're favored by three because New York is fucking they're four and one you know what man? fuck it they're five and one let's fucking roll baby let's do it they are Vegas believes in the Jaguars because I'm like staring at the Colts Titans game and realizing like I have not watched a quarter of either of those teams this year. I couldn't tell you who won last week or if they even played. Well, you just took a team that lost the Colts. That's fine. Hey, they're favorites for a reason. The Titans in fact did not play. Wow. Alright, so is it my turn? Oh, okay. In that case I'm taking the Falcons. Falcons, all right. 
Uh, we no. going another round this week? Huh? It's just no. I said no. I'm not. I kept. I no. You sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. The last big answer. That's right. Yeah. That's right. By the way, that loops forever. Oh. So if like if Chris said yes and it got back to me and I said yes again, it would go again. Okay, that's true. Yeah, exactly. For trip, that yeah. changes <laughs> everything. <laughs> Well, no, okay. No, in that case, Chris, no, you want to no, you want to go no, another round. No. The lions are sitting <laughs> no. on the board, waiting for no, a times four multiplier. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. <laughs> we're not doing that. All right, all right. What if they don't like they don't double count and triple count for no. losses anymore? No, I'm good. Ones. I'm good with just. <laughs> you want to no, keep picking so I, bad. We're good. On the picks. I feel good I about this week. I, I got some takes. Do. We are... No. I got some takes. No. There's some teams no. I want. <laughs> Give me the no. fucking Broncos. Give me Brett no. Ripien. I don't care. No. We're, <laughs> yeah, can't be we're, worse. We're leaving it the way that we are. What a pussy. <laughs> the sooner we end this. All right. Uh, what are we doing next week? <laughs> I, I don't have thoughts. You guys want to try Maniac Cop? <laughs> yeah, let's do Maniac Cop. There yeah, we, we do that. Deal. Okay. <laughs> And that's the tea, sis.